0: Welcome everyone to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Corn and I'm joined this week as always by my co-host Brian Wells. In this week's episode, we will start off 2022 the same way we ended 2021 by talking about the latest in the NFL, Week 17 reactions. We'll talk about Big Ben's final home game for the Steelers, a win over the Browns to keep playoff hopes alive, as well as all the other games this weekend that have playoff ramifications. The Patriots destroying the jacksonville jaguars the clinch playoff berth the titans are now the number one seed in the afc the Bengals won the north in the nfc side the packers clinch home field advantage cowboys lose to the cardinals opening things up for the rams and the bucks to move into that two seed so we'll talk all of those games and more before talking about the college football playoffs where alabama and georgia won in Dominating fashion in the semifinals to set up an SEC championship game rematch for the national championship. We'll talk about Cincinnati and Michigan, their inclusion in the playoffs, ideas of possibly expanding the four-team field, talk about bowl games in general, how meaningful they are, player opt-outs, all of that that's relevant to college football this time of the year. From there, we'll talk about uh, one of our favorite shows, and that is Impractical Jokers, as Joe Gatto, one of the four leads on that show, has announced he'll be stepping away. So we'll give our thoughts on really the show in general, nine seasons, and uh, what our expectations are with him gone. Just kind of reflect on that. This is going to be a lot of reflection in this episode and uh, we'll be doing kind of the opposite of reflection to wrap things up by looking ahead to the rest of 2022 our top five new year's resolutions to conclude this one so lots to get to with that let's get started new year happy first, new year to you as well <laughs> first episode of 2022 so we're uh excited to continue the season as uh you know we still got a lot more football to talk about after the uh start of the new year of 2022 the end of the 2021 season and i guess we can kind of Get into it. You know, this episode we'll be talking a lot about NFL Week Eight, Week Seventeen, looking ahead to the playoffs. We'll talk a little college football playoffs, a lot more. Uh, before we get into any of that, though, I think it'd be uh, very appropriate to talk about John Madden, who passed away at age eighty-five on December twenty-eighth. Uh, he's a legend of the sport of football. Someone who I think pretty much every NFL fan knows, whether it's as the head coach of the Oakland Raiders, a legendary broadcaster, or just the guy who is the namesake of the popular video game franchise. So it's only someone who had a big impact on our lives as football fans and anyone who is a, a fan of the sport. Yeah, he was an icon
1: from start to finish. If you grew up in our grandparents era, you knew him as the Raiders head coach. If you grew up in our parents era... You knew him as the broadcaster. And then if you grew up in our era, you knew him as the broadcaster a little bit. But that was really at the tail end of his broadcasting career. But you knew him from the video game.
0: From, yeah, from of that, course. From that and and I, video game, of course. We, I, we, we kind of started to get into football a lot when he was... It really, in in his end of his career, doing the primetime games, I think a lot of people remember him on Fox with Pat Summerall. He shifted to Monday Night Football eventually, Sunday Night Football with Al Michaels. So I, I certainly remember that. I mean, when I first became a big fan of the sport, he was one of the the most synonymous names for it. But a lot of that also had to do with the video game itself, which I know you and I have both been fans of since uh, you know we we got into the sport of football, we also got into the video game.
1: Yeah, and Madden man, the video game might not be as great now, but it was definitely fun to play for sure. Uh and when we were <laughs> in our when we were kids and yeah it was uh-huh. a big thing then. And yeah, just an icon from from the start of his life to the end of his life and probably the greatest ambassador of the sport of football, if I had to if yeah, I could I mean, only pick one person, I'd probably I, say it's him. Yeah. I and, think a lot a
0: yeah. lot of people would agree with that.
1: Yeah, and just a big personality uh, as a broadcaster for sure. And he was he broadcasted as the color guy in in two of the Super Bowls that we were rooting for. So Super Bowl thirty six, he was the color guy in that Super Bowl, and then Super Bowl forty three as well when it was the Steelers versus Cardinals.
0: I think he so- also did Super Bowl forty. With, he uh, did Super Bowl 40 as well? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was both uh, Both of those two Super Bowl wins for the Steelers. So, yeah, I mean, it, he was a, a, a big part of that. You know, I, I remember... Uh, a year ago, we were talking about Doc Emmerich leaving NBC, and to you know, like, I mean, he was the voice of the the Penguins Stanley Cup runs, and you know the Bruins before that, and yeah, John Madden is someone who is uh, going to be synonymous with a lot of teams. Just like thinking back to those big moments, especially you know in in games that came down to the end, uh, you know, his he was, his voice provided the the color and the background of those. So uh, definitely, definitely, a it, it, heart, ca- like, it
1: kind of it kind of stings that we didn't. Grew up in the era where John Madden, the broadcaster, wasn't. Yeah, prime. right. Because we we heard him as a broadcaster, but it was really at the tail end of his uh-huh. career as a broadcaster where he probably was wasn't as great. But I'm but
0: still still. Yeah, I mean, he a great I, broadcaster. I think uh, he still just, had plenty of moments. But I think a, a lot of people like definitely think back to those Pat Summerall days on Fox, which we we did miss those. But I've I've watched plenty of uh, clips. You know, in the yeah, watching the, the, the last clips both. And-
1: both him and Summerall were great and, yeah. and, I, and I, <laughs> I feel like yeah at the tail end it probably wasn't as great for them but for obvious reasons and I just I feel like they're the top of uh, top of the they're the top-notch broadcasters right for sure just, yeah like, uh, for football football uh-huh. wise I mean the ones we have now are good but I don't think they compete with Summerall and Madden in their prime I mean we have Al Michaels, who I I'd probably say is my second favorite after Doc Emmerich in terms of our era, and then Collinsworth. I'll admit, like he's he's a good color commentator, but he does annoy me sometimes with some things he does.
0: I think he gets more hate than he deserves, but I mean I, he's not John Madden, if that's the right. comparison. He's a guy who replaced them,
1: and then and then looking at other broadcasts, I think Buck and Aikman are pretty good. I'll admit, yeah, I've been sort of a Joe. Buck hater sometimes but I think he's a better football broadcaster than baseball and Troy Aikman does a solid job and then when it comes to Nance and Romo I I think Jim Nance is terrific with football college basketball and golf and then Tony Romo I I I I thought he was great his first couple years in the in the booth where he's he's predicting things before they even happen and he and he's like really engaged into the game but now he he gets he's he gets that big contract and and he doesn't seem as focused at all now, and he doesn't seem like n- nearly as good of a broadcaster as he was when he started. and, and people already want him out. and he's, he's like what four years in? And John yeah. Madden was now, a broadcaster the, the for twenty. The novelty of Romo
0: has, has worn off quickly, and it, it felt yeah. like he was someone who could kind of go down that path in terms of yeah. those great color commentators. And it which just almost makes it remarkable how long Madden was able to do it. And, and that's where I was going. He with never fell with it. he, out he of was a broadcaster
1: reason. for twenty plus years. Yeah,
0: uh-huh.
1: which is incredible.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, he was across all the networks, everywhere he went, you know, working with multiple different play-by-play guys, and it, it never felt like he grew stale. I mean, he was, he was the voice of the video game for a long time, and as soon as he changed, it was just constant turnover in the video game itself who was doing it, uh, you know, let alone in real life. So I, I do think it's—it uh, it, is—it it is remarkable just how much of an impact he had and, like, how everyone just has really... You know, almost everyone has fond memories and great things to say. There were a handful of uh, you know, viral tweets against him that were just so ridiculous. I don't really oh. even want to give him too much credit, yeah, you know, just because they're. You that, know, that, how awful I know they which were. one you're talking
1: about too. Uh, the one where he was, I think, he was blaming Madden for like, concussions or whatever. Yeah, or well, there like
0: so there were two. There was one blaming Madden for concussions in the sport because of his video game, and there's another that was blaming Madden for. Uh, just racism and how uh people treat black athletes like um you know slave owners basically was what he was trying to say because of the Madden video game. I don't so. want to
1: take credit for this joke, but it because it was it was someone from Barstool and he said that uh you know talking talking uh, talking shit to the guy who uh said Madden's to blame for the concussions. <laughs> someone at Barstool said that. Compare, saying Madden is to blame for concussions is like blaming Hugh Hefner for piece, which was <laughs> yeah. just a great analogy. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, they're just ridiculous stuff. And like I, the fact that people are putting this stuff out there, just about anyone, whether it's Madden or someone else, less than 24 hours after they die. And that's something you constantly see, like some big name. Someone's like, oh, I'm going to you know, come out with this hot take about them right away. And yeah, it's al- almost it's already- always they're, they're ratioed into oblivion.
1: Yeah, it's already bad enough to do it after, like you said, 24 hours after someone dies. But for John Madden, a yeah, right, guy yeah. that probably
0: no one hates. Just so universe, And then just like total stretches, just trying to find ways to to criticize, uh, you know, the the Madden video game, like thinking that these things wouldn't exist if Madden didn't exist. So
1: absolutely absurd.
0: Yeah, just just ridiculous stuff, um, and someone who who doesn't deserve any of that because of you know all of his accomplishments for the sport of football. And I, it was, I didn't realize that he was like on his deathbed. Uh, you know, I knew about the All Madden documentary coming out on Christmas Day, so it was it was it was great that he was able to you know watch that you know have that one final Christmas before passing. So um certainly nice that he was able to you know hear some of those words spoken about him and stuff from you know plenty of people throughout the sports history that you know he touched their lives so
1: yeah i I knew about the documentary as well but i also didn't know that he was on his deathbed as well
0: mm-hmm. yeah so uh definitely unfortunate news and uh i think that you know this. His episode is is going to have a, a few instances, kind of. You know, looking back on on people. Um, you know, both within the sport of football and outside of it. You know, we'll get to some of that stuff later. But for now, I guess that is kind of a transition into um, a a player that I I've uh, grown grown to you know really really appreciate over the last 18 years and that's Ben Roethlisberger the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers who by all accounts played his last home game at Heinz Field on Monday night a 26 to 14 victory over the Cleveland Browns was not pretty uh, certainly not Ben's best game but uh, if that is the way for him to go out it was really cool Uh, for him to not just go out with like the reception that he got from the fans, but to go out beating a rival in the Cleveland Browns who he has owned for his entire career, uh, you know, in the way that he did. So I don't want to spend too much time eulogizing his career. Right now, for two reasons. One, it's not over yet. I mean, Sealy's play a game against the Ravens. He could still go to the playoffs. And yeah, technically, technically hasn't retired eliminated yet, yet
1: which is kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, and I do want to spend time talking about actual football on the field. So we'll, we can save that for later. Um, and th- this is a game to me which, like, you know, I don't know – if the Steelers are going to really have any kind of significant chance of making the playoffs, they need the Jaguars to win a game, which feels impossible, even if the Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. But in terms of the season itself, um, you know, if if this is the end, if this is kind of like the, the last thing I am happy, I at least got some kind of fun ending to the Steely season. Um, yeah. You know, he with had, this yeah, run.
1: he had his moment. Yeah. Of, yeah which is uh, awesome. Sort of saying, Waving goodbye to Steelers fans. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's, a, that's
0: not something that fans get a ton. Like the, when, it, when it comes to athletes, most athletes can't dictate how they go out, uh, which is, it's always special when someone can go out on their own terms. And in terms of fans, you don't often get those goodbyes where it's like I, someone's I think, just going to retire. So.
1: Yeah, Drew Brees last year, he had that cool moment where he broke the passing yard record. But in terms of retiring... Last year, there were no fans in the Superdome when they lost that playoff game, and so so he didn't. He didn't didn't really have he. He had his moment. He had one moment, but he didn't really have that. You didn't have the the goodbye sail off into the sunset kind of moment, uh, like like Big Ben did.
0: Yeah. Or even just beyond that with guys being like traded or unexpectedly released. Like there's a a lot of times there is fans like you don't necessarily know that it's going to be end. You can kind of have feelings that'll be the end. But in this case, I mean, it would be strange for him to come back after. Everything last oh, night. That <laughs> would be crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just I can't imagine him coming back. The very least coming back with the Steelers. I can't imagine him playing with another team. I mean he's if if this is it and he he doesn't go anywhere else, he'll have retired as the the longest tenured quarterback for just a single franchise at eighteen seasons. Uh Dan Marino and John Elway, I think, are the two that came the closest. Tom Brady did have that, but of course he left New England to go to Tampa, so um no longer counts in that category. But Uh, Yeah, definitely, definitely like a a great ending for him because not just beating the Browns, a team that, you know, he's beaten so many times, but to just, it feels like it it was just a, a great reminder of the past 20 years with Steelers Browns to have Ben go out, win this game, only throw in 123 yards despite 46 passes, but to just have the other side, a team that came into the season with Super Bowl expectations, people believing they finally found their franchise quarterback, and have you know Ben still outplay Baker Mayfield, and have the Browns lose to officially uh, have a, well, a season is, that's going to be below 500.
1: Uh, outplay is not saying much since uh, Baker was like 1 for 10 with 20 yards oh I know out. and that exactly yeah, it's like yeah, the, the, the more Browns that Baker were, was
0: outplayed by Big Ben if yeah anything. the
1: Browns were probably the most disappointing team this year for sure and I know this is kind of a side topic but yeah I, if I'm the Browns I'm probably looking for maybe possibly looking into a different options at quarterback next year or at least have a competition uh but yeah it was definitely a cool moment for for Big Ben I agree uh I think I think he's a I think he's a Hall of Famer, and I, I I respect his abilities on the field. But I will say, I, I me personally, I'll admit I, I won't have as glowing as an opinion as you. Uh,
0: where I mean,
1: even though I respect his on the field performance, and I do believe he's a Hall of Famer, I'll admit I wasn't a huge fan of Big Ben the person, really. And I feel like the last several years haven't been as great, or he's. Seems like a little unmotivated, and I feel like the Steelers haven't really been exactly in the winner's circle of late. I mean, the last
0: five years, I don't think they they haven't won a playoff game in five years. And no, no, I mean it's it's been disappointing, like feeling like because he's yes, like the past couple seasons have. I think he's been.
1: I don't want to say his career is underwhelming, but I think the last five years have definitely been underwhelming. For yeah, which, I mean,
0: it, you can say in the past decade because, you know, going three Super Bowl appearances in the first, what, seven or eight seasons, and then from there, just three playoff wins. Uh, it's, it's certainly not what was expected. I think there are you know, plenty of Steelers fans who feel like there could have been more in terms of those playoff wins, those Super Bowl appearances, maybe just one more victory at the end, just given how, how successful things were in the beginning. And I don't I definitely don't think it's all on Ben. I think there's a lot of factors that went into that. I mean, Yeah, and he also had the, killer uh, area, the elbow the defense, injury yep.
1: as well where he missed uh, basically an entire yeah, year. Yeah, and
0: I, I think that was kind of like the beginning of the end uh, yeah. because before that, you know, he the, the 2018 season is weird because he led the league in passing areas. But he also led the league in interceptions because he threw the ball more than anybody else, and... Uh, yeah, the past couple of seasons have been tough. Like the offensive line deteriorating. The the defense went from being really great at the beginning of his career to really mediocre during that Killer Bees era to finally getting back to where, you know, they they started to be at least for a while. This season is it's been weird because the Steelers If they don't make the playoffs, it's not because of Ben. Like there's so many factors. Like he obviously is not the player he used to be, but it it wasn't like he was like the one thing holding this team back.
1: I think I think offensively, what we've seen this year out of Pittsburgh is basically what I expected. Actually, I thought Ben would miss games, and and he did miss one, but it was COVID related and not injury related. So that part was actually uh, better than I expected. I expected Najee to have a great year, and then and and Deontay as well and Claypool and Juju yeah one got injured but Claypool has been really so-so this year so the Steelers offense has been kind of what I expected for the most part the defense is really what's I think that's held them back more than I think it's held them back more than the offense, just given the expectations, especially just how I I constantly talk about how the Patriots can't stop the run. The Steelers really it's can't bad. stop the run. Yeah,
0: I don't I don't know why Nick Chubb was just not used last night. Like he was running all over him in the the twelve carries he had, and for whatever reason, Kevin Stefanski decided that Baker Mayfield was going to be the big part of the game plan, and it didn't work out. And I'm glad that the defense came came up big last night because that that was the reason the defense and Najee Harris, the running game. Like that was why the Steelers were able to give Ben the send off. And, you know, it wasn't because of his play and uh, nine sacks, nine interceptions. I thought
1: the Browns O-line was good.
0: (laughs) You know, they, they, they've been without, um, was it Jack Conklin? I think it's All Jack season? Conklin. Yeah, yeah the, I mean, most right of the tackle. season. Oh, that Whoever was rookie. facing
1: T.J. Watt, you got yeah, destroyed. <laughs> yeah, that
0: was bad. I mean, T.J. Watt, he, he came into the game needing five sacks to tie Strahan, and he got four. So he has a chance to tie or break that record next week in Baltimore. But, yeah, I mean, everyone was just getting after Baker in this one. And I think a lot of it was him maybe holding on to the ball a little too long, trying to do too much. Uh, there were just, some plays
1: but, where – where, yes, it was his fault, but there are also plays where it's like, geez, they're not helping him at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and they, they signed all these guys to extensions this year. They locked them up. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if last night is like, I haven't necessarily paid close enough attention, I think, to the, the Browns. Like, I know their running game is great. I know Baker has dealt with injuries this year. But yeah, last night even was not so, good performance of that offense.
1: Even though those are sort of good excuses, and then as well as not having really any help at receiver since their number one receiver just straight up left and got released and didn't like it there. I, it still wasn't heading in the right direction for them. Like no matter what, even if Baker was healthy and all that, it yeah, the Browns. Yeah,
0: I mean, not good this year. if if Baker being hurt is the reason why he played like that, then he shouldn't have been playing as their quarterback. If they yeah. really I don't that think he's going to play week 18 either. No, they already announced they're, he's going to have surgery, shut yeah. down. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, the Browns, they're going to head in the offseason with a lot more questions than answers. Yeah. Uh, in 2020, they, the expectations were lower and they had the talent and they ended up making the playoffs. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens with them. But I, I have no idea if it's going to be Baker. I don't like you said, maybe they'll bring in someone just to to challenge him, maybe kind of like a Ryan Tannehill, Marcus Mariota situation in Tennessee a couple years ago. So. Uh, certainly opportunities for Cleveland. Certainly be some for Pittsburgh, but I'll I'll hold off. Uh, you know, wait till the season's over before getting too much uh, speculation on that. And for now, just kind of <laughs> hope for the the miracle playoff berth. You know, we'll see what happens in Week 18, and I guess we'll kind of transition to there. Some of the other games in Week 17 that had even greater impacts on. Uh, what we're gonna see in the playoffs, and we can start off by talking about the Patriots clinching a playoff berth, <laughs> fifty to ten win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you kind of call it a yeah, Mac the- Jones revenge game in some sense, given he grew up a fan of them.
1: Yeah, that was a close one. F- only yeah. uh, only a forty point deficit <laughs> for the Jets. <laughs> I, <Jags. laughs> I mean, it
0: was a game that had <laughs> blowout written on the wall for oh, a yeah. long time. I think, especially when Urban Meyer was still the coach. But yeah, fifty to ten, just. Uh, really dominant win for the Patriots. Ultimately, probably not going to end up winning the division. They need the Bills to lose to the Jets. But, uh, you know, it certainly, I'm sure, feels great to make it to the playoffs after missing out last season.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think definitely heading in the right direction.
0: In terms of this game, yeah, there's really not much to
1: talk about for this game versus the Jags. It's It, it reminds me a lot of the game in week seven versus the Jets where – they're coming off a, a bad loss, and they need to get back on the right track. And it's a confidence boosting game, even if it's a, even if it's against a brutal opponent in Jacksonville. Uh, it, it 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 helps. It could help them, uh, even though it's not really a great opponent. It could it it could boost the Patriots players' uh, confidence, just given how. The week before turned out with first Buffalo at home, losing, losing to them, and giving up thirty plus points to Josh Allen and the Bills. Yeah, and
0: when the Patriots beat the Jets in that game, you know we were like, "Well, all right, you know this is a yeah, great that, win. Like exactly. it's, it's impressive, but okay, what are you going to make of this?" Because I, I wound see... up winning what seven in a row after that. So yeah,
1: so maybe there could be another stretch just like that for next week and heading into the postseason. Not se- not seven games exactly in a row, but mm-hmm. maybe another winning stretch possibly.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Week One started with the loss of the Dolphins. We've talked about you know the Patriots' troubles going down to Miami. It's one of those games where if the Patriots lose, yes, they're still in the playoffs. You know, in terms of their matchup and who they play in the wild card round, that's you know, I guess it, it's it, it's unclear. It depends on some of the other action on the field, but you know, you certainly want that win, kind of have the momentum instead of going in the playoffs with you know, yeah. four losses.
1: What I will say though is that. Even though it's great that they won, I still can't help but look back on past losses and think, man, if they won this game or that game, they could be mm-hmm. in the driver's seat for the one seed, which obviously gives them a much better chance uh, in the postseason and possibly a path to the Super Bowl. Which I which <laughs> which is crazy to say, given how I didn't, I know I I felt like they could improve this year, but I didn't think a one seed was actually possible. But it was at the at the time. I would say what a couple weeks ago. Yeah, when, they week were 14, the 14 week 15 week 16. After yeah, that yeah. win
0: against the Bills.
1: Right. And and so they they were in the driver's seat possibly for a one seed but now because of those losses now they're looking at a a wild wild card game on on the road whether it's versus Buffalo Cincy, or whomever. So yeah, even though even though it's great that they're back in the playoffs, I do I can't help but look back on those past losses thinking, man, they, they had it. They had that one seed.
0: Yeah. I mean, they technically can still get the one seed, but I think the odds of that are probably even lower very, than the very, very making slim. the playoffs. They yeah. need a lot of teams to lose. Right now, the one seed is the Tennessee Titans, a team that not many people expected to be in this position. Their win over the Houston Texans away from clinching that top seed. They just beat the Dolphins this week, and I guess you know before talking too much about the Titans, Miami, we kind of said it like, yeah they they were riding hot, they won seven in a row, but you know they were winning games against a poor poor competition, oh, bad quarterbacks, and
1: their seven game win streak, it was seven, right? It was seven, seven yeah, yeah. Their win streak, yeah, it was great, but then we look at the opponents. Oh my God, they beat uh-huh. the worst, worst of the worst teams outside of the Ravens on Thursday night. That's probably their only impressive win. And, I mean, e- and they, they, they man, weren't even basically. that good in that game until the fourth quarter. <laughs> and yeah. so, uh, yeah, I, I kind of saw the, the Titans game as a lot. I feel like a loss written all over it even before it started.
0: Yeah, I didn't necessarily think it would be 34-3. to I mean, it's, that to me, even if, if the Dolphins hadn't been beating up on good teams, like they'd certainly been turning their season around. So I think it's a big win for the Titans. And look, Tennessee – on paper, like, you can kind of question how great they are. I think a lot of the problem with them is that they've missed a lot of guys with injuries. Derrick Henry missing most of the season, or at least half the season. A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, the offensive side of the ball, they've dealt with guys being out in COVID. But it hasn't really slowed them down a ton, obviously, yeah, which, they're about which, to be the one seed, probably. Which just
1: blows my mind that they're the one seed. I, I I'm obviously have not been a huge believer in the Tennessee Titans, but what I... Will say is that I can't just write them off though because n- not only are they the one seed, but they just got AJ Brown back, who Ryan Tannehill clearly missed because in that game versus San Francisco, the first half wasn't great, but in the second half he just kept throwing them constantly. I mm-hmm. Brown had must have had like a nearly fifty percent target share. He just kept he just kept throwing them no matter what. Yeah, I think it had he had
0: eleven catches, one hundred forty-five yards in that yeah, one, and uh, yeah. most of it was in the second half. So
1: yeah, and so. They're definitely, the Titans are definitely glad that he's back and they're going to get Derrick Henry back as well. And so I can't write them off, even though I'm not a huge believer in their their talent outside of a few guys. And then defensively, outside of that first game versus Arizona, they haven't been terrible. Like, they've been decent. And also, Mike Vrabel, I've said several times, I think he's a great coach. And the Titans have had to play 88 different players. On yeah, their I roster, mean,
0: it's incredible. Just like so, all the things they've dealt with this season.
1: Yeah, so for them to have that many issues with COVID or injuries, and to have that many players being on the being on the roster at one point, uh, that's it's a credit to their coaching as well. So yeah, certainly I mean, can't write the Titans off, even though I would, I would <laughs> more, <laughs> I would certainly love to,
0: but now uh-huh. I can't. Yeah. Now, Vrabel definitely belongs in the coach of the year conversation because of what he's accomplished. And yeah. heading into the season, I was high on the Titans. And I, I think a lot of that was I was like lower on some other teams that I I thought the Titans would go to the AFC championship game. And I, I still would put the Chiefs above them, even if they were to play in Nashville. But I kind of like my chances if Tennessee only has to win one playoff game. And like the AFC, there's not a ton of separation between those teams. And Uh, it could just come down to home field advantage in the end for some of those matchups. So uh, certainly big for them. And I think it would be silly for anyone to write them off especially knowing that they're getting their guys back, particularly yeah. Derrick Henry. And,
1: and if all they need to do is beat the Texans to get the one seed, which I yeah, guess which is they not did a for sure them. thing. I know they, they lost did lose to them to earlier. Them. <laughs> they lost yeah. to the
0: Jets. I, and that that's another knock against the Titans is that they, they have they a tendency to the lose worst the teams bad teams, the teams. Yeah. but they beat a lot of good teams. They beat the, the bills, they beat the bills. chiefs, they beat the Rams. I mean the, the Rams game on the road. I think so many people are like, Oh yeah, no chance in this one. And they felt like they, they kind lost Derrick Henry the game before. Yeah. Right.
1: And then, yeah, yeah, they're going to LA on Sunday night. I I I thought to myself like many others, no way they win this. No game. Chance. And, I, and then of yep. course Stafford just has to turn it over twice and, uh, yep. at their own end zone. And
0: yeah, yeah, I mean it was it was a huge win for the Titans. I think that was kind of a game where people were like, all right, this this is a team that they're they need to be taken seriously. I think they lost to the Texans the week after anyway or maybe two weeks after that. Um but yeah, I mean the, the Titans this season have have certainly defied expectations within both some people's thoughts coming in the season and then given that they've dealt with so many injuries and COVID and all that stuff so uh, certainly an impressive season for them and you know, all of this in terms of them getting into that one seed it's because the Chiefs lost to the Bengals who are now the AFC North champs and you want to talk about Defying expectations, I think the Bengals uh, this season have kind of been the opposite of the Browns in terms of the Browns being the most disappointing. The Bengals are probably the most surprising, given that a lot of people expected them to finish in the basement of the AFC North, and now they might be the only team to make it from that. Yeah,
1: that (laughs) that
0: definitely blows my
1: mind. I I definitely thought they'd finish last, and I I don't regret the things I said about the Bengals because I don't. I still don't love their defense, and I still don't love their all line, but. What I will say, though, is that even though I'm taking the L on the Bengals and how I thought they would be in terms of their win-loss record, I certainly thought they would not be a winning team and figured they'd finish last in the division. What I will say, though, is that I'm not taking the L on Joe Burrow. I've always been a believer in Joe Burrow, and I watch... I'm a very casual college football fan, but even I loved Joe Burrow coming out of college. Now, I know he's the number one pick, but... Was he was all, awesome
0: at LSU. He was fun was, to root for. He beat Clemson in the national championship. Yeah, How can you even, not love him?
1: even though you certainly, you and Ben certainly have a bigger rooting interest in terms of rooting against Clemson than I would. I was rooting for LSU in that game, and I was all I was all in on on Burrow for sure, and and, and Jamar Chase is definitely a stud, no question about it. And they definitely have great offensive pieces, and so even though I was high on that part of their team. Yeah, you I made it a think, point to say tra- that
0: fantasy-wise yeah, the Bengals would be great. <laughs> you were not wrong about that. Yeah. Mark Chase put up one of the best fantasy games of all time on yeah. Sunday.
1: And so I, I guess I got a W on that, but no, I didn't think, even though I liked that part of their team, I did not think it would translate to winning success this early mm-hmm. in Burrow's career. I figured, you know, it may be down the road, especially when Big Ben is gone, and other teams are the Browns and Ravens. If they end up uh, declining at all, what for whatever reason, that I figured maybe year four or five or whatever the Bengals would be the top team, but not year two of Burrow's career, especially yeah, coming off right. a brutal, brutal injury in year one.
0: There were so many reasons to question them. Of course, the injury was a big part of it with Joe Burrow himself. And I I come into the season was like, yeah, I mean, the Bengals have a ton of offensive weapons, but I, I don't think they have a great offensive line and I don't think they have the great defense. And I just, some of the, the things I said with like thinking that Jamar Chase was one of the worst picks in the draft, they should have taken Penny Sewell, who's going to block for Burrow. Obviously it doesn't matter because Chase just put up the, the greatest rookie wide receiver season ever. And defensively, I, I ripped on them letting uh, Shaq Lawson go and signing Trey Hendrickson. And Hendrickson comes in, and he's even better uh, without Cam Jordan. And uh, he's a pro bowler for them. So uh, he's certainly been a big piece of that. Mike Hilton, really tough having yeah, Mike him lead well. the Steelers. I was just like, all right, he's going to Cincinnati to get paid. No, he goes to Cincinnati and has a lot of success there. So the the Bengals are... They're a scary team. Like, they're the team that I think a lot of people wanted to think the Browns were in terms of how good they're going to be moving forward.
1: And another thing about the Bengals is that coming into the postseason, I would take them seriously more seriously than past years because in past years, they have Marvin Lewis as their head coach and Andy Dalton as their quarterback. And I figured, you know what? They're going to lose in the first round. And that's basically what they did every single time they made the postseason. But with with Burrow leading their offense, I I take the Bengals a lot more seriously so, in the playoffs than, than past seasons.
0: Yeah. I still don't totally believe in Zach Taylor. Um, I yeah, I,
1: that's I didn't I didn't want to lump in uh the coach <laughs> I, I wasn't into, sure that's into, into Burrow go. as well because uh-huh. I'm definitely a much bigger believer in the quarterback than the coach. The coach, I don't know, I don't I don't know how much what to think of Zach Taylor exactly, even though I'm sure he's in the coach of the year running for coach of the year uh, i don't know i don't know what it to... wasn't
0: long ago that he was on the hot seat and thinking that yeah. he, could be, he could be like a one and done type coach so yeah uh, you know obviously the roster has, has gotten much better and he's had a lot of success i mean he he had a dead genius coaching move in the end it it almost didn't work out but it did with uh you know getting down to the one yard line they got really fortunate
1: the at the end there where yeah. they're trying to go for on fourth down, and all of a sudden, with Casey the, the commits a couple penalty. penalties. Yeah, right. And then, yeah, the one of them was a legal contact, right? Yeah. Which is an automatic right. first I think that's down. What it was. And mm-hmm. so all they had to do was just uh, run S- down the clock uh, and then have uh, McPherson kick it with two seconds left.
0: Yeah, almost got scary there with Joe Burrow. Right, and Burrow got hurt. I'm thinking, yeah, oh, right. God, is it
1: another ACL? Uh-huh. It can't be that, I, but it looks like he's fine.
0: Yeah. I do kind of want to say that it felt like the the refs were a little too in favor of Cincinnati in that one. Uh, I think that a lot... I was, like, thinking that, and then I saw so many people saying it, so I'm like, it has to be true if everyone else agrees with me. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of Cincinnati in the playoffs, like, we'll see. I think in terms of the matchup, that's going to be a big factor for me. They haven't won a playoff game since 1990. Obviously, the teams are very different year to year, especially, you know, 30 years ago, but um, I'm not totally bought into them yet especially if it's their first playoff game it's yeah, a young, young team I'm, but i'm
1: not gonna say that oh they're going to super bowl or anything yeah, i can they're... but mm-hmm. honestly any i know this is kind of off topic but i feel like any of the teams that are in the postseason in the afc i feel like the afc this year is more wide open than ever
0: oh i agree so, I've so been i can that see the year, Bengals.
1: But... i can see them making a super bowl, run, super bowl run but i can also see them getting eliminated in the first round uh depending on who they play it can ha I can see it.
0: Yeah, I mean I've been saying all year that the AFC if you make the playoffs you're a Super Bowl contender. And that was also back when the it, Chiefs were Yeah, but like, it's
1: n- now we can really say that now that the Chiefs are very no likely not going advantage. to be the one seed. Yep. If they were going to be the one seed, I would I wouldn't say that, but with Tennessee mm-hmm. as the one seed, I yeah, that that definitely favors the it definitely helps out the rest of the AFC.
0: Yeah, and for the Chiefs is is definitely a tough loss for that reason of uh, you know having to win three playoff games versus two. They lost at Tennessee 27 to 3 earlier this year and I think there's also questions like okay, their defense has been so great against some mediocre competition and, and now they go out and face a high powered Bengals offense and they look like they did earlier in the year.
1: Yeah, that surprises me. Uh, does not surprise me in the slightest. <laughs> I, they they I, did have a
0: ton of sacks, though, so they, they did they yeah. have that going for them. But, yeah, I mean, 30, 34 points allowed. Obviously, the Bengals are a great offense, but um, that that certainly raises some questions to this team heading into the playoffs because a, a lot of the reasons why the Chiefs seem so scary wasn't just that their offense was great, but that their defense was playing so well. So
1: I would still feel good uh, about the Bengals, though, if I were a Bengals fan. I mean, Burrow... Had the second high, he's had the second highest passer rating in the year this year, behind only Aaron Rodgers. And then, I think Jamar Chase. Even though I'm a Patriots fan, I think Jamar Chase deserves Offensive Rookie of the Year over Mac I, Jones. I, that, I agree with that at this point. Though.
0: I think just the past few weeks, uh, you know, when Mac Jones is riding hot as a one seed, I think it was fair to give it to him. But uh, just the the way the past few weeks have played out, I think that Jamar Chase has has uh, moved into that top position.
1: Yeah, I would. I think he deserves to be rookie of the year are
0: you ready to say joe, joe burrow's already an elite quarterback
1: <laughs> i mean obviously i would like to say that but maybe that's maybe that's too strong but i do believe he's uh his top 10 uh, top 10 is not too strong right oh top definitely ten. not top, Dep-
0: like definitely top 10 At least top, ten. top five is the question. top
1: five is probably it's probably that's probably too much of a stretch it's- but I i do believe top 10 is very reasonable
0: yeah, I mean, I I definitely have the the Bengals bias going against me, which it's tough because I would love to. See and Joe and I obviously have a bias
1: for for Joe Burrow as well, uh, being a believer yeah. in him. He's also yeah, I mean, it, he he also apparently is a bigger SpongeBob fan than me, which I thought was humanly oh, yeah, impossible. Oh yeah, the the, <laughs> yeah, the, crusty, the cr- crab crusty crab sweater. shirt after the game. Uh, yeah, and he's got the in his Twitter background. He's got. Uh, Sp- SpongeBob and Patrick <laughs> in Sandy's tree dome. So it's like, wow! Like I'm all in on him now. <laughs> nice. Yeah,
0: I, I didn't realize that about him. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Makes and then you sense, see him so. at the
1: end. You see him at the end of the in, in the locker room celebration as well. Like, mm-hmm. He's definitely swag level is off the charts for him for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, it. it's hard for me when I look at those other three quarterbacks in the AFC North because Burrow, like, he's he has, like, this great personality that should be someone that's easy to root for. Lamar Jackson, is, he does things that are just so unique that, like, he's someone, for me, I'm gonna obviously root against him as a Ravens quarterback, but he's someone that should be fun to watch, you know, just the things that he's able to do as a quarterback. And then Baker Mayfield makes some funny progressive commercials that are even yeah. funnier in the context that At Home with Baker Mayfield has uh, taken on an even greater meeting these days. So. <laughs> it
1: does, for sure, yeah.
2: Um,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, all three of them, whether you think they're good or not, they all, um, they're all, they all big personalities and whatever. Yeah, whatever there's way.
0: someone where it's like, they, they vary in terms of their likability, I think. Yeah. Um, but there are reasons to like all of those guys. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, uh, but hey, I mean, if Baker is not in the division anymore, then maybe he'll go somewhere where I can root for him. It'd be even hilarious if he goes on to be the the player that the Browns thought they drafted at number one overall somewhere else. So um, outside of that in the AFC, Raiders, Chargers, Week 18, all on the line, Sunday night football. Those are two teams that um, I think coming into the season, you wouldn't necessarily be shocked that they got to where they are uh you know i think there were a lot of teams in that really in that division where it's like okay it's the chiefs and then their teams like i know you were pretty high on the chargers uh but it's certainly been impressive just seeing what justin herbert has been able to accomplish this year you know what the Chargers have done at times they've looked phenomenal and the raiders what they've been able to accomplish oh my god the raiders field
1: even if even if they lose this game and miss the playoffs it's a miracle that the, that they have yeah, a winning above record 500, this year, right. with with uh. how they were looking coming into this year with their roster, and then their coach gets fired, and then they yep. lose their number one wide receiver over a DUI, resulting in death, and then and then they lose the Arnett. I don't know if he really made that much of an impact, but he was a first round pick. With all the chaos that's gone mm-hmm. uh, for the Raiders this year. For them to have a winning record and possibly make the playoffs is a miracle. And it's the credit to them, honestly, to have nine wins this year is kind of amazing for them
0: yeah Rich Bisaki has done a, a great job as their interim coach I, I was ready to write them off and they've pulled out some big wins their win over I, I, the Colts on Sunday is, is huge so I, I wrote them off before week one so yeah I, I, I was definitely the most like I mean I, I think the Raiders have stuff going for them like because the, the, the problem in the past few seasons with John Gruden was they'd start off hot they'd look like a playoff team and then they crash and burn down the stretch and this year that hasn't happened uh they've you know they've stayed alive obviously and now all they do is win a home game against the Vision Raffle, and they're in the postseason. So they
1: also have, they also haven't had Darren Waller for several games. No, he's their been best out a lot. player on yeah. the team.
0: <laughs> uh, I know it, it is remarkable. Now you're at the point where there've been so many questions about Derek Carr. Right? He's still a name that's seemingly on the market, but if he takes him to the playoffs, I think it'll be tough for the Raiders to to move on from him too.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm still a fan of Derek Carr. I know he's not the greatest quarterback, but I'll admit, I'm. <laughs> I'm certainly a fan. Uh-huh. Uh, not not just because of his pretty good play, but I'm. I'll admit, I'm. I'm a fan of uh, he, him personally. Uh, he he's definitely a great guy. Definitely a great. Yeah, really easy guy to root for. Uh, especially, especially this year with all the crap that he's had to deal with, and and then him him on the at the podium talking about the rugs situation. And being open about being open being open about that was uh it, it's it's easy to root for someone like him, at least for me.
0: Hey, I'll uh I'll probably be rooting for Carr. Um I'm gonna be rooting for either him or Herbert in that game, one of them to win, because if that game is in a the tie, then the Seahawks don't go to the playoffs. So that's that's my priority in that one. It's just one of those guys needs to win. It's wild that if the Colts lose uh-huh. and the
1: Raiders and Chargers tie both of them yeah, make the
0: playoffs. they both make the playoffs, yeah. <laughs> I know. There's if, people if saying, you, oh, they could just kneel down the whole game, which there's no way that <laughs> that could ever happen. It, but... it
1: would be so funny if, if it really did come down to that, where if the Colts really did lose to the Jags for whatever reason, and it's a close game heading into the fourth quarter, or maybe overtime if that actually did mm-hmm. happen. I know. If it goes to that, overtime. Does that cross the, their mind the at all? like, like
0: <laughs> all they need is someone to win, and this game goes to overtime, and I'm just like, it's Sunday night. ah. That, that would be horrible if that's the one thing that stops the Steelers from getting in. If, if the Jaguars beat the Colts, the Steelers beat the Ravens, and then this game ends in a tie. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I know. It's like the, I the opposite of three years ago when I needed the Colts and the Titans to tie on Sunday Night Football. Right, After the right. Get in now. It's a tie, and they get out. But they're division rivals. The whole point of having week eighteen be all division games is for everyone to try and care in the end. So I can't imagine when it comes down to it that both these coaches are going to have a handshake agreement right, and be yeah. like, "Yeah, we'll we'll both go to the playoffs." Like I'm sure I, I, that they they'll want the other one to get eliminated.
1: I love that the NFL does that, and then not only that, but move a game to Sunday night. That really has big playoff implications, mm-hmm. like the Chargers Raiders game, where they're both nine and seven, and they both will likely be fighting for the the seven seed.
0: Yeah, there is a scenario. Um, well, actually, I don't know if it's just a tie scenario. I thought there there might be a scenario where if the Raiders lose, they can still get in. Um, if that's true, then it,
1: I then I didn't know that. If that is well, so true. I
0: think it's because they own the tiebreaker of both mm-hmm. the Colts and the Ravens. So if the Ravens win and the Colts lose, then I think the Raiders will get in. Um, although that I don't know, maybe I'm I'm off on that because then the Chargers would probably get in over them. I, I I'm pretty sure that is a scenario where it's like it's not necessarily losing you're eliminated for the Raiders. It is losing you're eliminated for the Chargers at least though. Okay, so. I. I figured yeah, it was losing the exactly, both, I mean, we'll for both see, teams. We'll see how it plays out. It's not exactly a winner go home situation, right. but it, it very likely will end up being that way. So all right, let's kind of shift to the NFC now. And the the Sunday night game, the Packers beat the Minnesota Vikings. They're the number one seed in the NFC. Uh certainly a lot of questions coming in the year with Green Bay and their relationship with Aaron Rodgers, whether or not to even be on the team, what to expect, and uh I think it's reasonable to believe that he's um, you know, entering at least the last week of the season, the favorite to win MVP. He has this team as a one seed and certainly a, a great season for that Packers team.
1: Yeah, I, I think in terms of the MVP race, I think there's a clear top four of Rodgers, Brady, Jonathan Taylor, and Cooper Cup, and then maybe honorable mention Joe Burrow as fifth, but I think it's those other four guys that are in the clear the clear top four for MVP, and a couple weeks ago or so, I I would have picked Jonathan Taylor if the season ended, uh, th- that week. But if the season ended today, I would I would pick Rogers as the MVP. I, so I figured my opinion would change given how close the MVP race was, and still yeah. is honestly. But I would I would pick Rogers now.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting because he might not play in Week 18, at least not for long, given that the Packers don't have much to play for. Well,
1: he Um, was on the Manning cast, and you know the Manning cast curse is is that if you go on, you lose the next week. And if Rodgers, if he sits, that means he... He can't lose, right?
0: (laughs) I know. I guess we'll see how that goes because he couldn't lose. It's possible the Packers lose, but he doesn't play. Or what if instead it waits until the divisional round of the playoffs, his next game? So if he's smart, he would play at least in the first quarter. Yeah, that's a a
1: good point because this game really is meaningless. Even if they lose, they're still Mm -hmm. the one seed. So, yeah. Sure, yeah, get that loss out of the way. Yeah, might as well
0: get the loss out of the way. I assume that's why he went on. He's like, yeah, who cares if we (laughs) lose next week? (laughs) So um for the for the Vikings I I think it's there's a a lot of questions for them heading into the off season both with their their head coach Mike Zimmer their quarterback Kirk Cousins who didn't play in this game because you know he got COVID and wasn't able to
1: it's funny that when we did our season preview for the NFC North I had the Vikings out and I was a believer in the Vikings but I had to leave them out because there were seven teams I liked more but one of the reasons I used even though it wasn't a strong reason was hey you know what this Kirk Cousins COVID thing with the plexiglass thing maybe maybe at some point it will bite him in the ass (laughs) in the season and what do you know it it hurts him at the worst possible time the Kirk Cousins getting COVID now they probably still would have lost yeah I mean uh, it's Cousins
0: in prime time it's it's certainly one of the games where it doesn't matter it feels like but still I mean 37 to 10 without him you got to think it'd be closer and it's it would have been it's a tough look it would have been closer, but is. I'm
1: I'm sure Green Bay still would have won. But, yeah, it definitely would have been – it would have given them a fighting chance if Kirk was yeah. out there instead of a backup.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I I was less high on the Vikings than you and you know, Brian McPhew when we did that episode, but I, I thought they would be a playoff contender. I had them finishing on the outside, so I'm not surprised. Yeah, like I, I had them – The season played out, but
1: I, – I had them – even though I was higher than you on them, I did have them out of the playoffs. I just mm-hmm. thought – it would be another week where it'd still be to be determined, but it looks like they're done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I came into the season high on the saints to get a wild card and that kind of fell off when, uh, James Winston got injured. They started losing a ton of games and now the Which Philadelphia is... Eagles are <laughs> in the playoffs.
1: <laughs> hey, I said two <laughs> NFC East teams to make the playoffs. Yeah. you thought it would be watching. Only uh, I got one of the teams wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? I still got that prediction right even though it was technically wrong
0: (laughs) Uh, the eagles it's so ridiculous because they're nine and seven but this season one and six against teams that are still alive to make the playoffs and the only one is the saints who are you know they they can get in with a win over the falcons and a 49ers loss but as of now they'd be outside of the playoffs and they're they're what eight and one against non-playoff teams so to me they're the the good bad team this year where they, they beat all the other terrible teams that gets them into the playoffs but i just don't think this team has no, a I, chance I, against I, any of those top i UFC agree teams. With
1: you. yeah i i don't think they suck they're not like the giants the no giants are, i thought the giants that they would pitiful. be much
0: worse this season than they were just given how things ended last year i yeah, thought it'd I, be a tough rebuild
1: i thought they could finish third in the division and not not be good but not suck either. I thought they could mm-hmm. be a 6 and 11, 7 and 10 kind of team. Yeah, and, and I thought and, that would be a successful and a, season. And have Jalen Hurts be pretty good, which he has been good. He's been he's been bar- even better uh-huh. than I expected. I thought he'd be solid, but he's been I he, I think he deserves more credit than he's than he's been than he's gotten this year.
0: Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles were to move on from him this offseason and get a guy, but to me, it would be like a, the Broncos replacing Tim Tebow with Peyton Manning kind of situation. Like, they're not going to move on from Jalen Hurts. So, in other words, a, Deshaun like Watson. Yeah, it would be that kind of player or Russell Wilson. Like, if they're going to go out and do anything. And Jalen Hurts, he has a trade value to be thrown into something and maybe save him a first round pick or, you know, a later pick or something. Um, I think, given what, the way he's played, like, he's someone who should be appealing to other teams if they're in a situation where their quarterback wants out. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, that's the only reason why the Eagles should move on from Hurts yeah, I, be, at least this off season, I think he's certainly bought himself an opportunity. I think he's bought himself at least another
1: season, unless if they got, like you said, Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson.
0: Yeah, and I mean, another guy who's improved his stock as the season's gone along is Nick Sirianni, their head coach. I mean, he's someone everyone's making fun of him halfway yeah. through the season, and now he's going to be a coach in a playoff game. Still not a good public speaker,
1: which I certainly <laughs> can relate to, but... Uh, uh as a coach he seems like he's better at that than as a public speaker.
0: <laughs> yeah, so they'll be playing the Cowboys. Oh, actually, first off, uh before we do that, we should say thank god Jalen Hurts is still alive because the Washington football field FedEx Field almost oh, yeah. killed him. <laughs> like genuinely that's that been disastrous. The stadium
1: is a joke. FedEx yeah. Field uh, that 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 thing is made of what? Uh, toothpicks that fenced there basically it's
0: uh, yeah dan snyder like did a did a great job with that stadium (laughs) uh and i i don't know if this is another situation where it's just like a coincidence they've had stuff planned but they announced today that they're going to be changing their uh name and logo and part of me wonders if that's like a pr distraction from their stadium being a like a hazard to human life
1: yeah it it, that's a good theory (laughs) Uh have you seen the team new team names or possibly no no they
0: announced that february 12th they're going to announce i know but
1: there but there are a list of choices
0: oh they 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 do have a like yeah
1: i don't know i don't have them all at the top of my head but i i've heard it's like defenders and commanders and brigade and red wolves Um, no so red wolves is not an option yeah and that's why i was just about to say red wolves is not uh true but there is yeah, a list that was of... the
0: one they said it won't be the red wolves yeah because of trademark challenges
1: i do love the this one was just a joke but i do love the washington breadsticks <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that's that was just it, a joke and they had a logo yeah. for it and everything
0: because <laughs> it kind of sounds like redskins yeah breadsticks, yeah yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that when it comes time, uh, you know, when they have that announcement, but just, be, uh, just make
1: sure it's better than the Cleveland guardians because that, yeah, that, name, that name, I mean, so the sad. names no. you
0: threw out there. I don't love any of those.
1: You didn't so. love, you didn't love defenders or commanders.
0: Well, DC defenders was the XFL name, right? That's my, oh. my thing against oh, that. Oh, true. Just stealing it from them, but Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I like the idea of it being red. I liked Red Wolves. I thought that was a cool name, so um, I don't know. That sounds more fun to be named after an animal. Anyway, though, what I was going to say is the Eagles are playing the Cowboys on Saturday night, one of the two games that got moved up, and the Cowboys entered Week 17 in the driver's seat for the two-seed, and now they're staring at the four-seed, which would in all likelihood be a rematch with the Arizona Cardinals team that they lost to this week
1: yeah I'd be I'm a little concerned about Dallas right now because if you take out that Washington game where they destroyed them and it was over by the first half outside of that game their offense has not been great Ezekiel Elliott hasn't he hasn't rushed for more than 60 yards since week six
0: yeah, he's he's definitely like fallen off. I yeah, think it's oh, injury related. Like that's been clear he's been playing through something. Yeah, so. that
1: that's I'd imagine that's the case cuz he has not been he hasn't been great this year.
0: No, and I mean, they their offense looked like it was really strong at various points early in the season, and I don't know. You had Ceedee Lamb go down with a concussion, Amari Cooper go down with COVID. They missed a couple of games. They still put up a ton of they points lost, without him against the Raiders. And but, now
1: they just lost Michael Gallup, who isn't yeah. a huge loss because Cedric Wilson has looked good uh, he's, yeah, when, when he's Michael Gallup was season. out earlier in the year for a couple months. But even still, that, that's still... He we'll tore his a ACL
0: bit. on a crazy touchdown catch. Yeah, it was so. a good,
1: it was a good play by him, but yeah, unfortunate yeah. injury, of course. And yeah, the really, and it's not even just Elliott who hasn't looked great. Uh, Lamb was, yeah, he he's dealt with um, with some injuries and he hasn't hasn't been he's great disappointed of late. Lately. Yeah, and and then Amari, outside of the uh, week one versus Tampa and week eight versus Minnesota when it was Cooper Rush at quarterback, outside of those two games. Uh, he he hasn't been great. I'd imagine COVID was part of it, though, but even so, it still hasn't been a great year for him outside of a two massive games. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a little bit concerned about—I'm amazed—it it amazes me that I'm more concerned about their offense— than their defense. their defense, just yeah. like Kansas City uh, at one point in the year, I'm more concerned uh, about the offense. Than the defense. And
0: even then, like the the defense, I think like the big names of like Micah Parsons and Trevon Diggs and like some of those big plays that they were making earlier. Like they, I think that their defense has, I don't want to say coming back down to earth, but I think that they're slightly like not as high on that side of the ball either lately. Um, it kind of feels you think, like they're.
1: You think their success? Those two have overshadowed maybe the
0: no no I mean I just think that like the the defense has been like super high because mm-hmm. of getting sacks and turnovers. Those are the two big names. Like there are other players who have contributed to that. But when they're not I should say when they're not doing that, not only are they costing fantasy owners like me in a championship game, but they're also not able to beat a team like the Arizona Cardinals. They had just one sack in this one. They could have had a fumble at the end and of course uh, Mike McCarthy doesn't have any timeouts left to challenge. Which, like, that's just that would, another that thing was, about this. Team. That
1: was absurd. That
0: because they, I think Chase Edmonds did fumble it there,
1: and I they could have too. And, and if that, they could have and they, they had, it was more than two minutes down left. Down field and, and tied it. And or more than it. two minutes left to go, and if they challenge it, they get the ball back, and they could mm-hmm. get the tying field goal, or or possibly win if they marched down the field even more. Yeah, so that's costly that they didn't even have a timeout uh, in that situation, which is not which is not great
0: yeah and I think that this game really kind of exposed a lot of the concerns I had about this team throughout the season where early in the year I didn't understand why everyone was so high on them I was like yeah I mean they they have some good players but they're like, one of the really most they're above the the Packers and the Bucks and the Rams and some of those other teams and now I think that they're the biggest on... question mark to survive the first round
1: on paper they're one of the most if not the most talented team in mm-hmm. the entire league but Coaching wise, yeah, maybe McCarthy is not the greatest, and they're they're maybe not the not smartest. The greatest. That's they're, the best
0: compliment Mike <laughs> McCarthy has gotten all season. <laughs>
1: they're they're also not the smartest team either. They commit so many penalties.
0: Yeah, oh, they're the one of the Raiders, most penalized so like teams in the 20. league. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's a, a huge thing that'll uh, hurt a team in the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think when it comes down to the Cowboys, maybe it's just also just how like historically they've had some great teams in 2016 they were the number one seed they couldn't win a playoff game 2007 number one seed couldn't win a playoff game so just the idea that they were going to be like they're this dangerous team and uh here they are in a situation going against a cardinals team that have been really struggling lately and they lose and now instead of being potentially the one seed at the very least a two seed they're staring at a four seed which means you're facing either the rams or the cardinals in the first round instead of uh you know, on paper, lesser team like the Eagles or the Saints.
1: This question gets asked all the time in a game like this. Would you say it's uh, more of a credit to the Cardinals or more to blame on the Cowboys? I think it says more about the Cowboys. I think it and the, does And as their well. struggles because I don't – I'll admit, yeah, we were – both of us were not super high on the Cardinals and they certainly have been better than we expected. But Yeah, even and I, this I'm game, still they kicking were, myself on that one still, because
0: – Oh, yeah, my, well, I coming still... into the season, I was higher on the Cardinals, and I convinced mm-hmm. myself to be down on them. And uh, I, I could have looked great at least in the beginning, but again, yeah, the Cardinals have been reeling lately, and that was their problem last year, falling off down the stretch, and it seemed like they were riding a you know one way ticket to losing in the wild card round. And with this win, they put themselves in much better position, but mostly because they're facing the Cowboys. Right? Exactly.
1: So. I, the, the Cowboys, yeah, they scored twenty two points, but. That Most of that was all in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, I mean, needing to come back late because they, they got off such a slow start offensively. And Kyler Murray owns that.
1: Yeah, he, he did kill it in 2020 when the Cowboys' defense was pitiful.
0: Yeah, well, even going back to his days in college and high school, he just never too, lost yep. in that stadium. So um, that's another thing going against the Cowboys is if uh, they have to face Kyler Murray again. So... Um. Yeah. For me, uh, definitely not feeling great about the Cowboys going to this one. That being said, you know those other two teams that passed them, the Rams and the ba- or the Bucks, they both got big wins, games that they should have won, but probably definitely closer than they should have been. So let's start off with the Rams. I think there's more to talk about the Bucks one. Um. You know, coming in the season, you had your questions with Matthew Stafford, where you believed that he could put up a ton of video game like numbers like he had at times with Detroit, but when it came down to it in those big moments, you couldn't trust him. Well, going against a depleted Ravens secondary, he throws three picks, looks horrible, ends up showing up late, and he pulls out this win, but it's not a kind of game that you would win against a, a healthy good football team in the playoffs, so I'm officially concerned about the Rams' chances after yeah, I, them being my Super Bowl pick.
1: Yeah, I I would be as well. I, I'm i not as concerned about the Rams as the Cowboys. I'm, I'm definitely more concerned about Dallas, it, but it's not by much, Just especially just watching Stafford in this last game. He was not great. And, and like you said, even though the Ravens are a decent team and probably could have been a playoff team if it weren't for some bad decisions on two-point conversions, it's still a depleted secondary, really depleted secondary that they're facing. I don't care if it's on the road and cross-country and all that. It's it's still... When you compare the offense, their offense versus that defense, the Rams should have honestly won by a lot more, and they were lucky to even win that game the way that played out at the until the very end when they got the lead uh, after the Odell touchdown. And so... Yeah, I mean they got the win, but yeah, I'll admit I'm also concerned about the Rams as well uh, heading into the postseason. If especially if Stafford is going to turn the ball over like he did in this past game.
0: Yeah, Odell was great in this one. Like he's he's shown that the the Rams definitely needed him. Which the the Robert Woods injury I think has helped out a lot in that area. But uh, yeah, I mean outside of that though, like there there's a lot of concerns with the Rams. Um, you know they have a chance to kind of get things. Back on track with a win over the Niners in Week 18, which could potentially eliminate them, and that's to me a scary team. I don't think that the Rams would want to play them back-to-back weeks in the playoffs, but I don't know if I can really trust this team to. You talk about going to Lambeau, like Baltimore is uh, nowhere near Lambeau in January, and uh, I think that that to me is a that would be why the I game that would
1: uh, really concern me because they showed that when they went to Lambeau. It really wasn't uh, that much of a game. Though looked like the Packers won pretty convincingly, and mm-hmm. and Stafford, even though he has plenty of experience at Green Bay, being used to used to playing in that division with Detroit, he hasn't really had much success though, whether if he's been with Detroit or LA this year. And so, yeah, I, I'm I would definitely be concerned uh, about the. Rams. now I think the Rams can still, I still think they could have a good shot at making the NFC Championship game, but it looks like Green Bay has the least amount of hulls or concerns heading into the postseason when you look yep. at the other rest of the NFC and how and what and how they're performing right now, especially the Rams and Cowboys and
0: Bucks. <laughs> yeah, well the the Rams are the they're the number two seed if they win. And I think that their best chance of going to the Super Bowl would be if uh the Packers get bounced in the divisional round and they can host an NFC championship game. But even then, like there's it's hard to to trust Matthew Stafford and, and this team to win three games and get to that Super Bowl. So I guess, yeah, let's talk about the Bucks, who down 24 to 10 against the Jets and they came back and won 28 to 24. And uh, that, that was barely a part of the story in this one. I mean, I as well get it out of the way. Antonio Brown quitting in the middle of the third quarter, just running, you know, taking off his jersey, taking off everything. And just saying goodbye and uh, leaving, and you know that's that has stolen the show of everything else that happened after it.
1: Oh, there were so many good memes, and I'm I'm going to read off some of my favorite ones. So that? this one's not even a joke; it's just kind of a true statement. Antonio Brown just doing what millions of people in office and service jobs across America have dreamed about doing for years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Here's another good one. 2022 is going to be my year. Two days in. And it shows a picture of Antonio Brown yeah. leaving and holding up the peace sign. Uh, let me find another one. Oh, here's another good one. So remember the picture where it shows all the Bucks and Jets players in the background and then Antonio Brown is just jumping up in the air? Under the, there's a caption under the Bucks and Jets players. Shows all the people walking onto the field. It shows growing up and being a functional member of society. All those people. And then Antonio Brown, it shows a caption that says, Me. (laughs) 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 That one's perfect too. This Uh, one might be my favorite one though. Jordan Belfort, I'm not leaving. Antonio Brown, I'm leaving. (laughs) 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 That one's probably my favorite one. Yeah, so I love the memes, and Antonio Brown deserves no sympathy. At least I don't think he does. And people are saying, Well, you know what? I feel bad for Antonio Brown. I hope he gets the help. Yeah, I hope he gets the help that he deserves. He's gotten help all these years. He's gotten uh, Tom Brady. If he can't, if he can't succeed with, if he can't get help with Tom Brady as his quarterback, who has done everything in his power to bring him on to uh, the Patriots roster and Bucks roster, he brought him into his home.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, he, he, Brady went out of his way to make sure that Antonio Brown got chance after chance, despite proving. That he didn't deserve chances to play. Yeah, NFL. I, I've
1: I've said plenty of times in the past, uh, especially when we've talked about Josh Gordon. I believe in second chances. I don't believe in twentieth or thirtieth chances. I don't believe in that. Yeah. Second chances, I believe in, but not when you guys main chances as a b. It's no, nah, I, I I don't. He, he's some people are just they're just bad people, and he's one of those people. Yeah. He's oh, he a bad he is a, person.
0: He's a bad person. Yes, and I. Look, obviously, I don't like Antonio Brown because of everything that happened with his exit from the Steelers. I Obviously, I don't want this to have like a tragic ending. I, I do kind of hope that he can somehow turn his life around, but it's, I don't think that uh, it's all that horrible of a thing to say that he is a terrible person who shouldn't play in the NFL again and that it, it would be ridiculous for teams to continue giving him chances, which I guess is... Not impossible given it's we've been saying that for years now, and this he's still in the league in 2022. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's uh something that I did not think was going to happen at this point. I thought that things were yeah, finally after- going well for him with the box and you know, you had the whole fake vaccination card thing, but to me, that's like nothing compared to some of the other stuff he was doing in Pittsburgh and Oakland and New England. So, uh, yeah, last you know, year, I felt he like w- this was it.
1: Yeah, last year, he won a Super Bowl, and I, I you can't say it's a total failure because yeah because he won a Super Bowl last year and yeah really oh I know he he really didn't but... get any, any sort of trouble last year so can't say it's a total failure but yeah this this year with the the fake Vax card and 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 everything that happened pe- this past Sunday yeah, it definitely a disaster for Antonio Brown he's completely lost his mind and um, yep I, I love that Bruce Arians after the game he said. Yeah, he's no longer a buck. And he technically <laughs> was not released.
0: No, that. he still hasn't been released. Which so I, I, think... love
1: that. I love that Bruce Arians is just like, yeah, he's done.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's more just trying to figure out how they go about this and make sure that nobody else comes and picks him up because the last thing the Bucks would want is to have to face him in a playoff game. But again, like, what kind of like functional organization would would go and pick up a guy who literally quit on his team in the middle of a game with them with Tom Brady as the they, quarterback, and yeah, right? a, a like, team that
1: legitimately needed him, especially with Godwin being out, out for the yeah. season.
0: Oh, I know, and that, that's huge for the Bucs now. Is like we they struggle against the Jets, they end up pulling this one out. A lot of that, just whatever ridiculous fourth and two QB sneak, I don't know what kind of miscommunication that happened there, but and then the you know, Brady driving down the field for the win, like that's a good. Come back. Like the, the Bucks. Yeah, needed it's, to win it's that great game, that they but... won,
1: but I don't want I don't want to say they're screwed, but their chances of winning are much or repeating for another Super Bowl, much, much worse uh without Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown.
0: Yeah. You I only mean, have, the, Cyril I mean, Grayson stepped up, you know, they they still have Gronk and Cameron Braid at tight end. Mike Evans is still there, but there's uh you know, the the receiving core is not as as uh, plentiful as it was a couple weeks ago
1: no and and yeah and I my opinion I don't think again I don't think Antonio Brown deserves any sympathy and I, I just thought I'm just annoyed by that because I saw there are of course a lot of memes and jokes and I thought they were funny like I showed you with some of the uh, memes that I thought were my favorites but there were also a lot of people saying oh Antonio Brown uh, I he, he I hope he gets the help he deserves and uh, it, it seems like he not he's mentally not right or, or or whatever and people are blaming the Vontes Perfect hit for uh, that a CT that to me is so just ridiculous absurd. it's like so you're going to blame that for the sexual assaults uh, fake vax card uh other altercations that he's had off the field you're going to blame all that on the stupid throwing
0: furniture hit? and almost yeah, killing yeah throwing a, a furniture and almost
1: killing a kid or whatever yeah just
0: it, it's it's so ridiculous i mean first of all you can't diagnose CTE in a living person. That has not been possible. <laughs> so all these Twitter docs saying, "Oh, it's definitely CTE," and then just saying, "Oh, this one hit by Vontaze Burfick just totally changed his brain around." If that is possible, then football should not be played. Like if <laughs> if you can turn a person from you know having some slight off the field issues into being like a a detriment to society and you know in the way that antonio brown has become then yeah football is a dangerous sport that should not be played if that's all it takes is one hit like that that Vontez perfect is the reason why antonio brown is the way he is which it's just such ridiculous takes that people want to throw out there like you can just admit that okay no he's gone off the rails and i mean there there were what three four years between The perfect hit and a lot of these crazy stuff, like, I mean, there's a huge difference between going on Facebook Live in a locker room after a playoff win and showing up to practice with frozen feet in a hot air balloon. Like... I don't know, you know, it's, it's, it's
1: just, it's such an insult to people who actually have mental health issues. And yeah, and
0: I mean, I, so I, I don't totally agree with that take that mm-hmm. it's not possible for him to have mental health issues. Like, there definitely has to be something there. Oh, but I, yeah, I do but- think it's, it's, yes, I, I think just saying, oh, yeah, like that's, that's it. Like, oh, he just, uh, you know, has all these problems in his head. Like, ex- let's excuse all this kind of behavior and like just focus on other stuff. Like, I, I agree with that side of the argument.
1: Also, one thing, Mike Tomlin, what a saint.
0: <laughs> to it's deal incredible, with him for nine, 9 years. 9 years. Yeah. Wow. That should
1: right? be that should be the first thing on uh in terms of accomplishments, not winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I dealt with this dude for 9 years of yeah. my life.
0: <laughs> it is it is incredible like how all these other coaches, it's I mean Gruden 2 months, Belichick, 2 weeks. <laughs> two uh, weeks. I guess Arians <laughs> 2 years, but yeah, I mean it's and somehow nine years for mike tomlin so uh and, and again it's everyone wanted to blame ben and uh tomlin for what happened with brown i don't hear many people blaming arians and brady so i mean I, it would be nice to have some people be like yeah no hey remember all those things we said three years ago no no it was just all antonio brown yeah no one back on that like,
1: wow that. antonio brown or Mike Tomlin, what a what a yeah. what a saint! <laughs> Credit to him
0: for d- yeah.
1: dealing with that for so long.
0: So, all right, I think that's good for NFL Week Seventeen. Seems like a, a fitting way to end this. You know, we'll we'll come back next week and you know give our playoff previews just based on how things unfold in NFL Week Eighteen. But for now, let's talk a little college football and the playoffs and bowl games and all that Let, let's start with the playoff field so semi-finals happen and alabama beats cincinnati 27-6 to georgia beats michigan 34-11 and here we are we got a sec championship game rematch alabama versus georgia i don't think too many people were surprised by this outcome and uh there are a lot of people that are disappointed that those two playoff games were just not competitive
1: yeah i I am obviously someone that prefers highly prefers college basketball over college football and I'm not saying college football should have a 64 team bracket but it would be nice to have a little bit of parity or a little bit of different teams uh competing for a title but seeing these two games I not even start to finish for me just <laughs> glimpses of both games it just showed you that like yeah Alabama is always going to be at the top, and it's always annoying that they're always this good. And, and Georgia, even though they did not look great versus Alabama, they've looked great in every other game. And so clearly the two best teams in the nation, and I don't know. It su- it, it sucks that no one else uh, really had a chance. And I would like the playoff to be expanded, but at the same time, even though I would like that, we probably see the same result, right? we probably just still see Alabama and Georgia at the end. So...
0: Yeah, I I would think so. And I I think that's the the biggest critique against expanding the playoffs is like the reason why people want to do it is so we have exciting first round games instead of having a you know exciting Rose Bowl that doesn't mean a ton. Right. Ohio you're, you're... State plays Utah in a game that actually has some kind of implications, but I, I ultimately, would... yeah, Alabama, and Georgia have been the two best teams all year, and you know Alabama had the loss to A and M, and they struggled against Auburn and almost o- missed the field, almost but...
1: lost to Auburn,
0: <laughs> almost. But now here we are, and it's like, yeah, no, this is really the best team, and as long as Nick Saban is coaching Alabama, they're going to be. Competing for the playoffs and, in all likelihood, be in the playoff field. They've only missed one time since it expanded.
1: Yeah, it's so. it's just it's just annoying. I, I've said plenty of times that I, I'm not a huge Gino Oriema fan because year after year he has the most stacked team and wins every year. Not every year now, but a lot of years. And he it's kind of it's kind of yeah. the same thing with Savin, where it's yeah, great you have all these national championships, but it's because you have all these stacked teams and talented players and uh, I don't know it's just I just I'm I'm annoyed by it I'm sorry
0: <laughs> no and I I totally get it and I I don't think that the the current format is perfect I mean it we'd almost be better off just going back to like the BCS setup but we would have had an Alabama Michigan national championship in that case which would have been I a bigger waste of time a little different <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> I mean at least now you get a Georgia rematch and you know Georgia's kind of on a riding in a little high, at least you know, maybe Georgia has a some...
1: fighting chance.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, but and... anyone
1: else probably would have. It, it probably would have been with Cincy or Michigan or whomever would have been screwed.
0: <laughs> so, I guess, what are your thoughts on Cincinnati making the playoffs now that you saw them lose twenty seven? They, they
1: still deserve to make it. Okay, go, go, yes, go, I having I totally the undefeated agree. record, they deserve to make it, but. I still expected them to lose by double digits to Alabama. I,
0: I, th- I mean, I thought they put up somewhat of a fight early, but I think it was more just Alabama struggled early on, you know, to, to kind of run away with this one more so than Cincinnati was being competitive when it came down to it that was always going to happen everyone on Alabama's roster is better than Cincinnati's roster but I don't think that takes away from the fact that Cincinnati deserved that shot to get in there and no, they still they put deserve, up a more competitive fight than a lot of other uh, you know power five schools have in recent years
1: they still deserve the opportunity to be in mm-hmm. so I, yeah, I don't I care mean, about
0: that no other teams deserved it more than Cincinnati did you can say that they're more talented but at that point like what's the point of playing the games you're just gonna throw in the four teams that had like the best recruiting rankings or you know whatever kind of off, you know, on paper metrics you want to use. Right. So. Uh yeah, to me I I have no issue with how the four teams played out, but I'm not surprised that we ended up with these two blowouts and we just get an Alabama-Georgia rematch where yeah, maybe Georgia can put up a fight, but I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama wins this one going away like they did when they these two teams met in Atlanta back in gen- or December. I'll
1: admit, I just wish there was a little bit more parody. (laughs) Yeah, no, and I get
0: it. And I I think, like, in terms of the the parody, like, if you expand the field, I don't know if people think it's going to be like March Madness or if it's just, okay, at least give us a few good games early that mean something versus, you know, having nothing that's good.
1: I I say that I want more parody, which, and again, not saying they should go to 64 teams or anything like that, but even though I say, yeah, it would be cool to see eight teams. And
0: then, 12 teams is like, one that's being talked about.
1: It's like what you said, though, where, okay, we'd have great first-round matchups, but it's really just delaying the inevitable, where mm-hmm. Alabama's just going to be in it versus Clemson or Georgia or what other some other stacked team.
0: Yeah, maybe you'll have LSU. They get everything together in one year like they did with Joe Burrow. Um, yeah, I mean, that that seems like has always been the case though in college football where it's the same like four or five teams maybe one of those other schools has a shot of getting up there but um I mean I I I like bowl games I I enjoy them I I like that they're a thing this time of year I think they're fun to watch and even if you say like they have no meaning to the general College football fan, they do have a lot of meeting to the actual fan base, like uh you know South Carolina being North Carolina in the Dukes Mayo Bowl was awesome, just a huge win for for the gamecocks and uh you know huge what the this team was able to accomplish this season by going six and six was incredible, and the fact that they were able to you know go into a bowl game and beat a team that was a top ten going into the season uh, I think it has a ton of meeting for a lot of those schools, so I think it's kind of disappointing to hear. People say that bowl games are meaningless, but when it comes down to it, I, you know, in the end, they are. To at some a, people, a they are. Level. To some people, at a they national do mean level, something. they are meaningless. Like yeah, you know,
1: na- on a national level, they're meaningless. But I do, I do see why it could be meaningful to to others. I so for your school when they beat North Carolina, I you have to tell me who, which player it was, but there was a player that was very emotional to carry at on the Joyner. end. yeah, and I, I imagine he's a senior, or or.
0: So I I honestly have no idea how like years. Well, whatever. Anymore I, with the either COVID way. Year. He, so his his situation cared. was he came in as a quarterback, mm-hmm. didn't work out, moved to wide receiver, got an opportunity to play quarterback in a bowl game, was awesome. You know, threw a sixty-nine yard touchdown pass on his first play, went nine for ten in this one. So that was it. Just like the you know everything he went through, he could have transferred, gone to a different school, different opportunity, but he ended up sticking around and just to you know be rewarded like that. And that that's something that. Yeah, like that's that's another power of bowl games. So
1: that I was just saying that's an example of someone that or is meaningful to some people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some oh, way. I mean the players care. The players love going to these games for the most part. Now, obviously, that comes into the situation with opt outs, and uh, there are some guys who don't want to play in the bowl games because they stand to potentially lose millions of dollars that they could make in the NFL if they suffer a devastating injury in a game that ultimately. Doesn't have a huge impact, so uh, I guess. What are your thoughts on opt-outs? So, in
1: terms of the, I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about the. Is it Matt Corral? Did I get the? Yeah,
0: I mean, well, Kenny Pickett is someone who's a potential top quarterback selected. Mm-hmm. He didn't play in the Peach Bowl. Matt mm-hmm. Corral, he same got situation. Injured, right? He got injured yeah. playing in the. Sugar so, Bowl.
1: so as a casual college football fan, uh, I'll admit I I'm I'm fine with Kirk Herbstreit. I, I don't have a problem with him, and he's, I'm he's a, a big com- fan of Kirk. I in think general. he's a good analyst, and I think he's a good commentator with Chris Fowler uh, on the big games. But I'll admit, I wasn't a fan of what he said, and I know it's really easy to say that after the injury to a potential first round uh, quarterback. But I still wasn't a fan of what he said about how players today don't love, uh,
2: yeah, and, and that I, I totally love football with that.
1: now than they did in the past. No, I think players are. Just more aware of their value today Mm -hmm. than than in the past, and I'm I'm totally fine with players. So Kenny Pick is it Kenny Pickett at a pit, yeah. Uh I'm and and he opts out of the Peach Bowl, yeah. I'm if players want to opt out of the bowl games, that's fine. I think as long as it's uh, you're you're not in the college football playoff. So if you're not yeah, one of those four teams, that would be that would be a bad look cuz that's uh-huh. you're really fighting for something. Yeah. But if if you're opting out of uh random bowl games, even, even if it's the Peach Bowl, which is one of the bigger ones, that that's fine. I I especially if you're going to be a first round pick and I think Kenny Pickett is going to be what a top 10 pick maybe.
0: He's in play for the number one overall pick.
1: If, oh, okay. I didn't even you know, know I
0: mean, if it's Jacksonville, they're obviously not going to take right. a quarterback. But, like, he, he could – either of those guys could be the first quarterback off the board. Now, mm-hmm. I think Corral just ended up being an ankle sprain, didn't, like, tear his ACL or anything. Oh, okay. Uh, shouldn't affect his draft stock. Shouldn't affect how much he makes, uh, you know, compared to how his combine, pro day performance, all that stuff would. Uh, and to me, that's – at this point, that's what matters. So, yeah, I mean, I I totally – um fine with players in that situation opting out I think in in recent years I've certainly been more of a okay with it than I had years ago and I think a lot of people are also in the same boat and you've seen guys like Jalen Smith suffer a devastating knee injury he could have been a top five pick he falls to the second round Uh, Jake Butt tight end for Michigan he was someone who could have been one of the highest selected he tears his ACL in a bowl game and his career is over already in the NFL, I didn't even, so I didn't,
1: I didn't even know that was. In, I, I remember the Jalen Smith one at Notre Dame, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I didn't even remember the Jake Butt one.
0: Yeah, I mean, they there are like guys who have actually had playing in bowl games hurt them and their their potential earnings in the NFL. Which is and, why
1: I'm totally fine with them opting out because the risk might not be worth it, uh, playing in a bowl game and costing your draft stock. Especially Jamar with- Chase
0: and Micah, Micah Parsons opted out of the entire 2020 season. Not only did they still go in the top 12, but they're they're,
1: they're two of the best uh, rookies. Yeah, very in the likely now. to be
0: <laughs> rookies of the year. Uh, Penny Sewell is another one. So there are a lot of guys who didn't play at all last season, which obviously different circumstances. So, but to me, not playing in a bowl game isn't going to have a huge. Detriment. But, I being said people saying, Oh, Corral shouldn't have played. Well, no. I mean, there's no issue with him playing that game. Like, obviously, you take that risk. I don't risk have an issue with it either way. i I'm, yeah,
1: I'm, it's, it's up to the player. If he wants yeah, to play, no, I mean, great. I'm if totally he, fine if with he, it. Yeah. If he wants to opt out because of concerns about possibly hurting draft stock, if it, if the injury were worse, then I get that too. So it, it should be up to the player if they want to play or not in terms of mm-hmm. these bowl games.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, and it's just another argument in terms of opt-outs of saying that you should get rid of bowl games, replace them with playoffs. I hope bowl games stick around even if they expand the playoff field, which at that point would just be turning bowl games into playoff games, I think.
1: Yeah, um, I'll, I'll admit, I, there are a lot of bowl games, <laughs> I will say. And I, I'll admit, I don't really care for them. If if I'm not in a, this is just my stupid opinion, but if I'm not in the college football playoff or rose bowl or one of these other big bowl games the one bowl game that would really interest me is the cheese it bowl Jeez, <laughs> i know clemson one which i'm sure that. you're yeah. not happy about but the cheese it bowl though oh man if you get if you win that and you get that cheese trophy and, yeah. and then you see Dabo, you yeah, got the cheese it instead of the Gary bath there's a cheese it the bath yeah that's a bowl game i would love
0: well, <laughs> Shane beamer got a mayo bath so oh. it, it's it's fun when you have a uh, some of those those crazy bowl games um, that's that's the crazy bowl game that would
1: interest me if I were Uh, were in them yeah
0: yeah I mean when it comes down to it I I am a big college football fan as someone who went to a big time college football school Uh, but even then I was always a fan of bowl games as a kid it's just something you watch you know entertain yourself during the the winter time you know that break between Christmas and New Year's for gambling like that's that's a great time. I'm not a big gambler myself, but there's so many games constantly going on to bet on. So I understand a lot of people loving it for that reason. Uh, I don't want to lose the traditional bowl games, whether or not playoffs are expanded. And when it comes down to it, I, I just think that reasons for expanding the playoffs just come down to, Oh, Nick Saban in Alabama are always way too good. Like let's give a chance for these games to be slightly more meaningful. But in the end, I don't think you're gonna end up with a, like a March Madness style tournament where anything can happen. You're just delaying the inevitable, like you exactly. said.
1: Exactly. Yeah, which is disappointing. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. uh right, we'll talk about the national championship game. We'll see what happens. uh The Alabama Georgia rematch. For now, let's shift the focus away from sports and do a little pop culture. So. We've talked recently about wanting to bring in more of this um, into the podcast, so we're, we're getting started right away. And uh, some big news surrounding one of our favorite shows, Impractical Jokers. After nine seasons, Joe Gatto is leaving the show, uh, citing separation from his wife and a desire to um, you know, be a co-parent for his kids. And I think it's really unfortunate. For a lot of reasons, and, uh, you know, obviously you kind of get worried about the future of the show, But Joe, because Joe has just been such a huge part of it.
1: Yeah, he's probably, arguably, the guy that holds it all together, or he's arguably the funniest one on the show of the four guys. I, I think all four of them are great. Uh, wow, what a crappy way to start the new year. <laughs> right. Very first day, uh, January 1st, that, that news gets announced, and it's like, wow, great, great start to the new year, but... Yeah, I mean, I haven't really paid that as much attention to the show lately than past seasons. I, I of course, I in the very beginning.
0: Yeah, we both started watching season one, which was our junior year in high school, which right. I think was kind of a good time to get into it.
1: Yeah, season one through I don't know what it is, six or seven, whatever it was. Uh, I I definitely watched a ton of it. Definitely one of my favorites. But I'll yeah I'll admit I would say the past year or two, especially with COVID, uh, when when COVID hits, they can't obviously do much outside. Of course, yeah. and they, they did
0: do a season nine that was like half they were like, during the pandemic. Yeah, and, and they they it.
1: had they had episodes where they were eating dinner, like on web like on Zoom chats. Yeah, or whatever. Uh-huh.
0: Some of those were entertaining. Right. But... Yeah,
1: and I, I I watched some of those, and yeah, like you said, mm-hmm. some of them were entertaining. But so part of me. I will you know it definitely. i'm definitely bummed, by- bummed out by it. I'm sure mm-hmm. that won't be as great without him, and I'm sure the show will eventually come to an end yeah uh, but I totally get it though like from like if he's getting a th- divorce and he needs to spend more time with his kids like that's that's totally an understandable reason, especially with how successful the show was for all of these years and probably eventually hitting its end. I get it. It is
0: crazy like how long this show has gone on and been successful. Not only that it's a true TV show, but the fact that a lot of it relies on people having no idea who they are. And you yeah, know, in and New the, York the, City, the, they're able to kind of make it work. But it is incredible how, uh, you know, how successful they've been able to do, just given that being a big part of their success. That's, w-
1: that's why I'm glad it's been on true TV. Because if it were on ABC or NBC or whatever, there'd be more people that would... Now, it, it's definitely, of course, throughout the years, it gained more popularity, and so p- more people mm-hmm. would know them. And so the point is that if people didn't know them, then it, their jokes would, a lot of their jokes would work. And sometimes it still would, even if people did recognize them but
0: Yeah, well they did I think it was during one of their like after party episodes. Yeah. They've expanded so much and just like <laughs> true T V it's just if it's not real impractical jokers new episodes, it's behind the scenes stuff now. Right. Uh but they had one one segment where they uh they were in a grocery store and some exactly, guy recognized. Them, I know exactly what you're one about it. He of took them. a
1: picture and yeah. and he's and, and then all of a sudden they told joe hey joe uh throw start throwing stuff at him and then uh i think it was q i think it was brian that said uh we get asked all the time what what happens when people recognize you when you're doing the show like this is what happens when people recognize you while you're doing the show Uh it just just shows joe just throwing stuff at him which is so funny were
0: they in a grocery store yeah, that you're talking about. Yeah, because because oh, what I remember was all four of them were there. They were filming an episode, and it's just they pretended like, oh no, I'm just no, shopping. Oh, just like a I'm sorry. Day. I, I yeah. spoke over you.
1: I know exactly what you're talking uh-huh. about the one where they they're do they're doing the show, and then all of a sudden yeah. one of them is out there, and he recognizes them, and then I, I don't I think it was Joe. I'm just guessing. So He's like, no, oh, I, I'm just here it shopping. It wasn't Joe.
0: It was either Sal or Q that so, they recognize at first. I think I, it was, I forget which one. Because I, I remember, was, so I what was, they did was they slowly introduced the others and yeah, made it I like, oh, it was yeah, it's a coincidence we're all here. And I thought Joe it was, introduced himself by, like, falling down in the aisle. No, that
1: like, was Q. That was Q. That was Q? Q? Yeah, oh, okay. Q did that. Gotcha. Q was the one that yeah. fell, quote unquote uh-huh. fell. And then he's like, oh, yeah. hey, you're here too? Yeah, I know. now I know exactly uh-huh. what you're talking about. And then they took the selfie after. And then all of a sudden yeah. after the selfie, he was like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're doing the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh there's a lot of times where I watch and I'm like, how did they go about like telling these people? I wish we kind of had like the behind yeah. the scenes of them, you know, because they have to sign waivers or whatever right. to be on TV, so you know that they know. Mm-hmm. Uh But anyway, yeah, there's just like it's a fun show to like talk about and just like some of the ridiculous stuff they've done. And there's a lot of it can be cheesy and over the top. And oh I think yeah, there, there, are, times there where...
1: are there are definitely I'm not gonna deny it, there are definitely yeah. some things that are over the top or cheesy or cringy yeah
0: it's not as funny yeah right they're laughing way more than they should but at the same time there's been so many times where i'm just dying laughing even at some of the new stuff like whenever they do like focus groups or like the presentations or the other guys create them for them like you just I, know they're gonna be hilarious I love. So.
1: yeah i love it when they do the focus groups those are those yep. are always great ones
0: yeah there have been so many awesome ones and it's, it's just like it's sad to think of what the show would be without Joe. I don't know what direction they're going to go in. If they're going to bring in a brand new person, if they're just going to go the three of them. I would. Like they've had a lot of. I
1: well, would rather just have them do three.
0: Just a three. It'd just
1: be. It'd be so weird if if they added a a fourth guy. I mean, unless if it were like Joey Fatone. <laughs> and, yeah,
0: well, I think if they were to do it, someone like that. Or, yeah, it would have um, to
1: be someone like that where they're they're they already close the, with of their,
0: them. Yeah, one of the producers, um, they or they have him. Join a lot of the sets. I, I think his name's Cole. I want to say he's he's pretty funny. Like, he's done a lot of good work. I feel like, if anything, they would just bring in more people like that. But again, like, I feel like it's got to be something. Someone so.
1: that the audience already is familiar with. Like yeah, Joey I think Paton it has
0: or someone who has a connection with those guys. Right. So that's part of it is the whole four lifelong friends compete mm-hmm. to embarrass each other. Right. So it can't just be um, some
1: other random funny guy it has to be someone that they the the three of them are connected with and 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 the audience also is familiar with too
0: Mm -hmm. for it to for it
1: to work with four people again
0: yeah i I agree with that and it, it could be a situation where it's just like a rotating fourth person you know depending on the episode but right um you know to to quote Antonio Brown, there's a lot of uh speculating and recolating going on <laughs> whether this uh, Joe Gatto situation is is more than meets the eye. Like, do you think that that's has anything to do with it? Like, there's I've heard stuff from, oh, maybe he refused to do a punishment, and that's the punishment for refusing to do the punishment is uh, you have no, to quit the show. No, I think it's legit. Or, I think it's. Legit. I I want it to be. I don't want it to be something where he's like being canceled and they're just playing it off as something that, else. That'd but. be
1: stupid. No, I think I think it's le- it seems legit because he his wife has been on the show for some episodes or for some jokes and yeah and I I, I, well, I can I, I I'm sure I'm sure it's a legitimate thing. I I don't. It's, it's been
0: very known that Joe does not like touch alcohol at all like he's no like, yeah he doesn't me, drink like, I don't think that's a thing um that would that would be really devastating if that somehow changed and is is part of the reason but yeah i mean i guess if it is something like this and you know i I would love the door to be open for him to come back in some kind of capacity because i I do think that it's only a matter of time before the show would stop without him just like you said he he feels like the glue guy like he's the guy who kind of brings it all together a lot of times he's he's the one who he's the most adventurous he's you know the least afraid yeah no no fear no Mm -hmm. fear in joe yeah yeah, which I think I mean that's that's the big thing that he has and what makes him you know one of the the funniest guys on that show. So uh, definitely disappointing news. There's gonna be season ten. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to see what they do, but uh, it's it's gonna it's gonna be different for sure. And uh, it's it's hard to imagine it being just as good without him. Yeah, I, so.
1: if I did check it out, my my expectations would be lowered for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even even in recent years, like it's, it, I don't yeah, know. And, that and I want to thing, it's even recent off, years, it, when it hasn't been as great consistently yeah, as it used is, to Which is,
1: even though it hasn't been as great the later seasons, part of me thinks to myself, oh, I kind of understand why. Like, they yeah, I oh, feel like yeah. they can I mean, only do totally so much sense. with what their uh, show is about. Yeah. I, I, I'm surprised it's even gone this long.
0: Yeah, and they, they still give me plenty of reasons to laugh during the newer episodes from season nine, you know, even with the, the COVID issues and stuff. So I'm uh, I'm certainly happy with, um, you know, what they've been able to accomplish over these nine years, even if that is the end of it. So um, yeah, de- definitely great for a, a true TV show to have that kind of success. Yeah,
1: especially since it's probably the one show on true TV that has any sort of success.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. All right. So with that, let's get ready to wrap up this episode and it's our first one of 2022. It's early January. This is time of year where everyone's making resolutions. So I thought, well, why don't we wrap up the episode by counting down our personal new year's resolutions and goals in this episode's top five. Not two, not three, not four. Top five, top five, top five. All right. So, uh, you know, I, we, we kind of, have a, a lot of different ways we can attack this in terms of you know goals and stuff for the year, whether they're personal level, just things that we want to do. I'm sure there's plenty more than five things that we can think of, but you know I, I thought throw out five, you know top five ones, uh, a good way to conclude this episode. So Brian, why don't you get started with your number five?
1: All right. So for my number five, it's it's number five because I don't know how realistic it is, but I would like it to happen. I put buying a new car, (laughs) which the reason why it's not as realistic is because buying a new car would be expensive. But the reason why I bring it up is because my my Volvo is in really bad shape. It's been in bad, very, very bad shape the past six months. I've probably I've brought it to the shop, I would say a half dozen times, and I'm not even over exaggerating. It's been so once a month. Yeah, it's a month 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 to month situation where. And it's for the exact same reason too. The engine fan just keeps, uh, just keeps overheating, and I, I I keep having to pull over to the side of the road until the engine cools down. Even in the winter time, <laughs> even if I don't mm-hmm. have. And another thing is if if it used to be where if I turn on the defrost or the heat or whatever, which involves the engine fan, that's when the engine would heat up. But now it just does it even if I don't even use the defrost or anything, and so it's coming to a point where I I'd probably need to buy a new car and I have the money to buy a new car, but it's not ideal. And if I wanted to get a new car, uh, my dream car would be a BMW and I'll fully admit, initials. I'll fully admit that a major reason why is because it's my initials. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it is one of the common cars that I, I, anytime I see it on the road, I think to myself, man, that is a, that is a nice car. For the most part, oh, yeah, anytime they, I see they do it a BMW. Make, yeah,
0: they do make nice cars. I mean, um, your
1: dream car is a Nissan Altima, right?
0: <laughs> not, not anymore. No, it used to be my dream car for a long time. <laughs> uh, no, it's not a Nissan Altima anymore. Um, I... I do need to figure out my, my car situation though. I'm so my lease ends in April on my, my civic. I'm most likely just gonna buy it out. Just cause it's it's a tough time to buy a car as well. That's another reason. It's another it reason realistic. Yeah. yeah. Like my dad just bought a, a truck and he looked for like six months I think before he was finally able to get one within like a couple hundred miles. It's just crazy time so uh, that's my biggest reason why I don't want to be out looking for something new so hopefully you're able to find something whether it's a BMW or just something else that runs without (laughs) going to the shop every month.
1: It's number five because it's unlikely but it's something I would like for it to happen is to get a new one if the problems keep happening which seems to be the case since it's been six months and the issue is still the same and
0: yeah, <laughs> it just hasn't been yeah, great. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. Um, you know, hopefully that's something you can do. Uh, my number five is also my least realistic one, and that's to attend a sports game in Pittsburgh. Initially, I just had to attend a Pirates game at PNC Park, but I think after last night, you know, all the spectacle with a uh, big Ben at Heinz Field, I was like, I, I would love to go to a Steelers game as well. And I, I don't know if I'll be able to do both. Um, it's possible to time it that way. Less options, just given that the You know, baseball season, the time to go is during the summer, but... I haven't been to a Pirates game since 2012. I haven't been to a Steelers game since 2011, and it feels long overdue uh, for me to go to one of those games. You know, this year is tough just going to games in Boston, so it uh, wasn't as realistic for me to plan ahead for something like that, but I, I do want that to be part of my goal. I have a lot of family out there, so it, that's a, it seems like I have options.
1: That's longer than I would have guessed that you've been to either a Steelers or Pirates game.
0: hmm Yeah, it's been a long time, so it definitely feels due uh, for me to go to one of those, so... We'll see which one, if not both.
1: So for my number four, it's also attending a sporting event. It's attending the U.S. Open and not the tennis one, the PGA one. And the reason why I say it is because this year's U.S. Open is in Brookline, Massachusetts. I was was just wondering that. I feel like I have to take advantage of this opportunity. If it's in Massachusetts, Brookline's probably... An hour away from where I am, I don't know. But, the greatest
0: game ever played, right? Is that yeah, what the I, yeah? That's why those
1: yeah. Another reason to go. <laughs> I, I'm a, uh. a big fan of that movie too. Uh the greatest game I've ever played, great golf movie. It's probably my favorite golf movie, and I'm obviously a big fan of the PGA. And if I if I go to a major like that or or a tournament like that, I get to see all the best players and. That be that just be an awesome event to go to. Yeah, I think it's a little bit more realistic than getting a new car because it's. uh, I'd imagine going, even though it's a major, I'd imagine going to a golf tournament is much much cheaper than buying a new car. (laughs) I'm sure it's very expensive.
0: It could be difficult. I don't know how it works. I know the Masters. It's not just yeah. The Masters is it's not just
1: pay. You have to. It was like yeah. a lottery system, yeah, it's like a lottery system for the masters. I don't know if that's the same thing for the u s open but I know the masters it's basically impossible to get in yeah uh but yeah, so well, hopefully
0: the reason you don't go to the u s open isn't that you don't have a car that you can trust to drive uh <laughs> <to. laughs> oh, that would that would that would yeah, suck four and five are both out <laughs> oh man, yeah. Um, you know,
1: what, <laughs> you know what's funny? We did, uh, when we had Ben on one episode, uh, it was like the very first episode of 2021, and we were doing top five. Uh, places editing, we wanted to go. Places we want to go. To. I got all five. I got all five of them because yeah? number five, I put Chicago. I'm like, well, I just put it there just because for the heck of it and i had a connecting flight from uh oh. <laughs> from buzz Bos- uh, or manchester to <laughs> chicago to vegas, to vegas. Yeah, yeah so i technically went to chicago <laughs> <laughs> nice
0: so yeah i, I forget I, what mine was but i think i i think i got at least 4 of them i think my fifth one i wasn't able to do so cuz ten- i think my fifth one is europe so so i technically um,
1: accomplished all 5 of them <laughs> yeah so place. now
0: you're goal is to do these five which I'm sure is gonna be
1: more much more difficult than. <laughs> yeah
0: I know I mean I, I feel that way as well with some of mine um number four for me is uh learn three songs on the piano and When I say learn three songs I mean like memorize being able to play them at least parts of the songs uh, regardless of whether or not I have a piano book with the the sheet music in front of me so I I bought a keyboard piano uh, back in August. I know you can see it right behind me on video there. Uh, and it's, I, I've loved playing it. I I grew up playing the piano a lot. It took lessons for almost a decade. But as soon as I went off to college, I stopped playing it regularly. I lost regular access to it. And eventually, I just barely touched it at all. Um, but this year, I decided it was time to get back into it, get myself another hobby and it's been great playing, and uh, you know I, i've I've been working on Vienna by Billy Joel. That's the one that love I'm that, working love on. Love that song. That's yeah, probably my favorite.
1: A, uh, even though it's not the most popular Billy Joel song, that's probably my personal favorite.
0: It's a great Billy Joel song. I I could be wrong, but I want to say it's his favorite song of his. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I want to say it's that one um but yeah that that's a fun one that I've enjoyed playing and uh you know I want to pick up a couple others in addition to that one it's like I've gotten parts of it down at least the first like for the the uh strings I can do the like the intro and then the first verse but the, the chorus is kind of where I've, I've lost it I haven't been able to put it all together part of it is just I haven't been around enough to play I haven't had as many opportunities like I'll get it and then I'll lose it um, but that's one thing I want to I want to play it enough and I don't want to say just play the piano a lot I want to actually have a goal to get me to play the piano a lot so
1: that that song is a great choice I definitely mm-hmm. uh, like that yeah choice. I would if I were
0: to do it I'd want to do three songs that are at least somewhat kind of impressive sounding or you know
1: one of my cousin's uh, one the first song that he uh tried to learn learning the p- playing the piano was uh a thousand miles <laughs> by vanessa oh, nice. carlson that's a fun one yeah <laughs> and uh
0: yeah i've never played that one but that'd be a good one
1: yeah so i, I guess that could be a fun choice <laughs> if, you're, uh-huh. if you're into that song but yeah uh learning to play the piano or guitar would be a would be something that i would like to learn at some point maybe not i don't I don't know when in the future, but those are be two instruments that every- be too late. Yeah, um, so I like that choice. Uh, so for my number three, I went with watch more TV shows, which I know sounds like a crazy thing to put as a resolution, but I watch. I've said this plenty of times. I watch plenty of movies, and and this weekend I watch plenty of movies, but I. I haven't really expanded my TV show list to the point where I had to put NFL Red Zone as my favorite TV yeah, show. If if
0: anyone listened to that last episode yeah. of 2021, like, they don't think it's crazy for you to say watch more TV shows after that. Yeah, being and your so response
1: that's something that I would like to I would like to expand my TV show list because my movie sh- my movie list has definitely uh is definitely big enough. Uh, the the scale on those is definitely out of whack. So. I would like to watch more TV shows
0: which I know yeah, is I- not
1: a great resolution but I I'm, I'm pretty lazy and I certainly would watch a lot of TV so
0: Yeah I, I agree with that I I I would also like to to watch more which like and I've watched more than you but there's, there's plenty of shows that like come out and I just I don't take the time to watch them and um, you know I, I know a lot of people are disappointed when they can't talk to me about them because I haven't seen them but uh, that, that's certainly something that I would like to do more and I think I started to do that a lot more in um, 2021 or even going back to 2020 uh, you know I started to when yeah, I didn't really have many other options so uh, that that's certainly something that i would like to do as well and again we can talk more pop culture stuff yeah that a new too. Season that's another of reason series we can we can give recaps and thoughts on it or at least have enough references sprinkled in here and there tell people to you know to watch them themselves uh, make it seem like we can say stuff other than just oh basketball go and hoop football go touchdown <laughs> so uh all right so my number three Uh, is I guess somewhat of a a transition here is more guests on the podcast which I think in turn will lead to more non-sports topics ideally I would love to have more people on to kind of venture out a little more because there are some limitations with you and I and uh, we certainly have brought on guests who really it's all right, let's talk more football. But you and I can do that ourselves. I would want to have more people on to talk about other sports and say, yeah, we don't feel like talking about baseball. Like, well, let's bring on someone who actually is really good at talking about it or someone who could talk more basketball or even just like, you know, I, I had our, our friend uh, Julia Cousin on to talk about the the Bachelor franchise, you know, Bachelor in Paradise. I'd love to have more more guests on to talk about stuff like that. And um, I think it'd be great to kind of expand our outreach a lot more. Yeah, I, I would that. agree with
1: that. I think I think there are definitely topics, like you said, with football, we can handle that ourselves. We, mm-hmm. we I mean, of course, no, I love having uh, other guests on to talk football as well. But football is definitely a strong suit of ours. But there might be some sports where, Hey maybe I know this sport more than you or vice versa whether if it's college yeah. football or or golf or hockey or baseball whatever uh, I'd bring a uh, another guest on to help us expand on whether if it's different sports or just different topics in general uh anytime we've had Kenny on there when we talked about pop culture stuff uh I'm I'm glad that he comes on because He's definitely, <laughs> when you guys go back and forth, it gives me a break uh-huh. and maybe yeah. I'll throw a point out or a couple pointers out, but I know it's not my strong suit or I know what my strengths and weaknesses are. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. bringing on guests definitely can help that.
0: Yeah, and they make for long episodes, especially during football season when we were like, all right, we you're going to spend an hour talking football. Now let's talk about something else. Uh, but I think, you know, starting in late February through September, there's a lot of gaps in there where there's not a ton of football and Hold there's on. plenty of opportunities to talk NFL about NFL draft. <laughs> no, I know. I said not a lot. There are, yeah, free agency of the draft. There's still... <laughs> There's stuff going on there, but um, I, I do think it's fun when we have a third person. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought it was fun when there were three of us regularly, so it would be nice to do that, even if it's just you know every now and then. But you know, slightly more than we have now, and it, I, it, I've had so many people say, "Hey, when am I going to come on the podcast?" Like, I don't know. Ask me. Go buy a microphone. Let, let's get this going. What right. do you want to talk about? Let's do this. So,
1: no, I know what you mean. I th- I think uh, obviously having Ben and Kenny on from time to time is great and
0: it's good for them because they have their own podcast like they have everything set up they know what they're doing but right. it, it would be nice to have others on too even if it's more of like an interview type thing than a co-host like that would also be cool yeah that would be so. that'd be
1: cool as well um yeah if, if that were possible <laughs> um mm-hmm. yeah i mean we can expand it would definitely be cool to expand on the guest list uh, of course bring ben and kenny on from time to time is great and then we had cam and uh brian on uh once as well for like nfl preview which was great as well and then like you said with julia um so i'd imagine like guests like them but maybe even uh increase that guest list whoever that is yeah yeah for sure would be cool so yeah and so for my number two it's kind of sticking with sort of the same topic mine is listen to more podcasts i feel like uh i I listen to play, I listen a decent amount but I feel like there's so many out there that uh I can I can listen to or or should listen to more. I listen to of course hours on playback uh and like Bens and Kenny's. but outside of those two it's basically just sports. That's always going to be the same for me personally. It's always no matter what outside of those two it's it's going to be a sports podcast
0: but yeah, it uh, makes sense.
1: But I still would like to uh increase the amount of podcasts I listen to, even if it's just sports related, I've started listening to Pat McAfee's. I, I think, yeah, I think I mean, he I think he's, he's entertaining. I think he's excellent in interviews. Uh, I think he does mm-hmm. such a great job getting interviews and and then in the interview, whoever whatever guest he brings on, it's always really entertaining. And then I started listening to JJ Reddicks. I don't know if you ever listened oh, yeah. to his, he, yeah, his with the
0: old man in the three. Yeah.
1: He's very I, I think he's I think he's great to listen to. And he, he doesn't just bring in basketball players. He's brought on other different types of athletes as well. And so mm-hmm. that's another one I've started listening to. And so, so I've started increasing my list on the podcasts I listen to. And that's something that I want to continue to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that I could do more. I think my problem with podcasts is it's hard for me to, like, multitask with podcasts. So for me, if I'm listening to a podcast, I'm working out, I'm driving or I'm, you know, pretending to work or just laying in bed or something like it's, it's not something I can like actively do something else because then I'm not paying attention to the podcast and you know, what's the point of listening to the podcast? It's not like having background music That's a,
1: on. that's a, that's a great point. Yeah. It yeah. has to be But something. I mean,
0: some people that's not an issue for them. It's just me personally. That's the thing. So
1: I think for me, it's either driving and not driving mm-hmm. on like the highway where there's a gazillion cars driving on like a back yeah. road. Or if I'm just in my room, like laying down on my bed, uh, but not in sleeping position, where, where I got,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, where I'm still like kind yeah, of yeah, and up. That, that's a good time instead of watching watching TV shows, yeah. like you know, that's what yeah, I get that. Uh, for me, driving in traffic, I love having podcasts on. Like back when I was working in the office and having to deal with commuting traffic having podcasts for the ride like yeah most of it was highway but like it just makes it less painful than just having songs go back and forth at least you're actively listening to something it's distracting you you don't mind being on the road longer because it means you got to listen more podcasts so
1: i will say though i definitely listen to more music than podcasts driving yeah. on the on roads. yeah like that.
0: Well, it's weird for me in that road trips, I rarely listen to podcasts. Like sometimes I will, but like it's not like some people like, oh, long road trip, let's throw on a podcast. For me, that's a time where it's like, no, I'll just put on music. I'll focus on the driving. And that's like an opportunity to, you know, listen to new songs or something like an album or whatever uh, versus listen to a new podcast. I don't know what it is, why it's like longer trips. Like that feels like a time to just crank out a podcast, but not always. No, I get it. Mm hmm. So, um, my number two, this is something that, uh, I really should be, I think most people New Year's resolutions every year, and that is maintain a healthy diet. So, uh, for me in 2019, I Well, I guess the end of 2018, I realized I weighed more than I thought I did. And the beginning of 2019, I realized I looked bigger than I thought I did. And going into 2019, I uh, did a really good job of just, uh, I don't know, not eating disgusting food all the time and, you know, really being conscious of that because I've always been someone who, um, you know, gets exercise. I run almost every day, but... I think during the pandemic, it's been tough to do that. Like, it's, you know, wanting to have that escape oftentimes is, all right, I'm going to go to a drive through and get fast food or, you know, something like that, get takeout. And um, I think it was just easy, just a, an excuse to get out of the house. And um, I think that it kind of set me back a little into 2021. And I've lived alone for, you know, half of 2021. And I, I didn't really get too much into the, oh, it's like a Wednesday night, I'm going to go go get fast food or take out for dinner. But um, it's certainly something I did more often than when I had like the pressure of a roommate being like, Hey, yeah, what are you doing for dinner tonight? Uh, I'm cooking at home because I don't want to be judged otherwise. Um, But that, that's one thing I really want to put an effort in, especially early in the year. Like, you know, the, the whole, you know, dry January thing that some people do to me, I'm not going to give up the alcohol, but I'll, instead I'll do like a dry January equivalent when it comes to eating and then see where it goes from there. Because I lost a lot of weight doing that in 2019. I don't think I need to lose a ton of weight in 2022, but I definitely don't want to put on weight. And, um, you know, I think that from there, it'll kind of be a better transition into that healthy, healthier lifestyle. So,
1: Yeah, and mine is kind of similar for my number one. For my number one, I went with improving myself physically and mentally. I didn't know how else to word that. That's the best way I could could word it. But physically, yeah, when it comes to... So you talked about just now with maintaining a healthy diet. I know deep down I can do that a little bit. I can can limit uh, the junk food I eat, but I'm still going to eat junk food.
0: Yeah like, and I think that's for me is I need to to limit it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah and I so.
1: I don't think I could just str- go straight up vegan or just no, have salad no, I, in it. I wouldn't do anything. I'm not going to do th- I just I know extreme. I'm going to uh, this weekend I, I I had uh I cooked up frozen pizza and uh today I had nachos. I got a pack of Sour Patch Kids right next to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I'm my I'm still going to eat junk food. I can, I can limit right. it for sure. I can, uh-huh. I can eat fruits and have the occasional salad, but I'm still going to eat junk food. But what else, what I will say though, is that I would like to improve myself physically though. Cause I've, uh, I, I just, I think I, I, I got, I got to commit to staying active and mm-hmm. running more and just getting in more shape. I, I, I've said that past years and I, haven't totally committed to it and i don't want to be that guy that says oh i'm gonna get in the best shape ever i'm gonna get the six pack and all that and, and then yeah and then after one week it's over <laughs> like i'm right. back to going to fast food restaurants or whatever one uh-huh. of my friends or one of our friends uh brayden he he works he works at a gym and he says that one of the busiest times of the year is that New Year's weekend, and it's because everyone's oh, yeah. New Year's resolution is to get in shape and gonna get fit, and then all of a sudden,
0: a lot of those people are already yeah, by done like after the a week. third week of January. Nobody's yeah, it's there like it's,
1: anymore. It's already, so. and I don't want to. I don't know for me if it's going to the gym or running or both, but whatever it is, I want to commit to really getting in shape and and I'm not like fat or anything, but. Mm-hmm but I'm not like in peak condition. Like I used to be in the past and I want to, uh, reverse that. And especially in the summertime, May into June, I have, I I think I've told you this before. I have three weddings to go to three three weeks in a row. Yeah. And I want to yep. look good for those weddings.
0: Yeah, no, I mean that's that's another part of my logic is I have a wedding in February, which like I don't know if it's as like I'm not going to be like shirtless at a wedding or anything, right. but I that's another thing. I was like, all right, I, this month I need to buckle down, and then I got another one in March, and then yeah, I got two in and I, May I, and June, and and then it's it's pool season in summer, and that yeah. point I want to I want to be looking good with a shirt off, and I'm I don't want to procrastinate
1: and oh I'm gonna start getting in shape in May like no (laughs) yeah right it doesn't work like that I did
0: that too much this year and I don't want to do that like that's why I want to get started and for me it's like yeah I agree with you where it's like you don't want to be the person who goes to the gym for a week and never goes back and that's why my focus is more on the eating right because I know I'm going to continue to run I'm going to continue to do my at home uh resistance band workouts and stuff to try to do like a little bit of the muscle side of it. But if I don't eat right, then all that goes to waste. And that that's the one thing that I, I learned the hard way the past couple of years after figuring it out three years ago. So
1: yeah. And I think my bigger issue is is uh trying to stay active and and run more and or what whatever I mm-hmm. do more physically. And so I put that in my number one, but I also put mentally because even so physically is definitely my bigger, uh, or more important task. But I feel like mentally for me, I don't have any bad mental health issues, like lots of people in this world, but I feel like for me personally, I don't have the greatest attention span and that's something that I want to improve on. I don't know if that's through reading more or doing yoga or meditation or whatever. I feel like that part of me i think i would like to improve uh my attention span and uh i don't know just having better having a better mood especially with how the past couple years have gone with covid Uh,
0: yeah and i mean i think it's easy to lose that yeah um and yeah i mean reading more that that's something i could do I, i got a book for christmas this is the book of basketball by bill simmons if i read a book it's gonna be a book about sports. So oh, me too. Book. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely excited to go back and read that one because I think I read parts of it like a decade ago when it came out, uh, but I haven't read it start to finish. So um uh, but I think that's kind of a good transition to my number one because my I definitely separated those two and to me the number one uh, is more on the mental side of things. I, to me, it's just trying to have more positive vibes. I say positive vibes only. Obviously, I'm going to have negative thoughts here and there, but um, I think, uh yeah, 2021 was a very good year for me. I did a lot of great things. You know, when we got the vaccine, just being able to see a ton of friends, go a lot of cool places, and uh, that's it's something that it should have been a really great year, but. I let a lot of negative moments kind of mask a lot of the positive ones. And I, I just can't help but look back on 2021 as a bad year for me because of that. So my goal in 2022 is to not let those negative things overshadow the many, many more positive ones. And that that's kind of what my mindset is. And I do think it, it is a bit of a mental health thing, just trying to, you know, get my mind in a place where I don't let these like, you know, let certain people or certain events or stuff just ruin, you know, weeks, months and an entire year for me. So right. that that's kind of where my mindset is going into 2022 is wanting to maintain those positive feelings. And I think a lot of those things below my list would certainly help with that.
1: No, so. that's, that's a great choice. Cause I'm kind of with you where 2021 for me, I think it was much better than 2020. I don't think it's even debatable. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, got to do i got to go out more like uh like Uh like everyone else and got to go to several patriots games thank you kenny (laughs) i got to go to uh celtics game and a red sox game and got to go to vegas with you and several other people which was definitely a lot of fun and it it was definitely a big a a big improvement from 2020 because 2020 was Mm -hmm. basically a waste of a year but at the same time yeah I, i think It wasn't perfect either, even though it was definitely an improvement last year. Yeah. It wasn't perfect. And I think I would like 2022 to be better.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, for sure. And like, I, I think I have, have similar thoughts, you know, obviously 2020 sucked for so many reasons. (laughs) Um, And, you know, in 2021, I think there there was still a lot of stuff going on in the world for it to be looked at as a bad year and maybe not as big of an improvement as it should have been. You know, maybe at times we we're kinda of blinded by that, but uh to me twenty twenty one was a, a good year. It was a better year than twenty twenty. Uh uh, but you know, I, I think that there's still like some things where I would look back and it's it's just I don't have the the kind of thoughts on it that I really should have. So that's really why my goal for 2022 is to focus more on the positives in life and ignore the negatives. So, or not ignore them, but don't let the negatives. eat. Don't away let
1: them bring and, you down.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, try to, try to maintain those, you know, happy, positive thoughts and, you know, really enjoy all those great moments and don't let the negatives take away from the great moments. So that's, uh, that's definitely my, my number one, resolution for the new year so you know plenty more things i could probably think of you know plenty more goals but i think that uh you know we have we have five good ones on here and hopefully we can accomplish most if not all of them
1: <laughs> it's gonna be a little bit more difficult <laughs> for me probably but
0: yeah i don't know i i think some of i don't want to say that mine are st- some of mine are stretches but i don't think any Th- of mine are guarantees three of them so.
1: I, my top three i think they're not uh they're not impossible. I'm two of them. I'm already kind of uh, setting my mind to do. And mm-hmm. number one, it'll probably be a tough task, but I think I can do it for number one. Number four and five is where it's it gets tricky for me.
0: Yeah. I'm the same way with four and five uh, with my list. So I, I think that we kind of had the same mindset with how we were going about it. So right. those, I mean, those top three, they're the, the top three for a reason. Yeah. So. All right. That'll do it for this episode. First one of 2022 in the books. Next week, we'll be talking NFL playoffs. Maybe we'll have a guest on to help us with that. We'll see. Like we said, we can talk about it ourselves, but it's always fun to have other people on, even if it's just another voice on football. Talk about college football playoff, national championship game, Alabama versus Georgia. And I'm sure there'll be more stuff to talk about. Uh, you know, especially as we continue to get in through January and more, more playoff weeks. Yeah, I, I, def- so,
1: I definitely can't wait for the playoffs. Definitely excited yeah. for that.
0: Yeah. All right. So for my co-host Brian Wells, I'm Corey Vontney Thanks, everyone.